You know what's fascinating to me? Everyone says that I'm the fastest talking person they ever heard. You are a thousand times faster than me. <laughs> that's like, it's, not, it's, not, it's not like, you know, just someone talking to try to get their, <laughs> what you, their thoughts. What are you saying about labor? I'm saying... <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody, welcome to episode number 24. Um, we got Shmuley back from Miami. Made sure to come in 5 a.m. <laughs> he rolled in late, late last night to make sure to be here. Be appreciative, ladies. Be appreciative. We are. We are. Uh, we have the Very one and only the one and only Zach Adler here uh, with special, special guest Rafi Baritas. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Of course, Rafi. So Absolutely. I've heard a lot, a lot about you. You were mentioned like a few times already oh, wow. on, on the last on the last few pods. But I want to let Zach, since we've been milking Zach for all his friends. Yes. So. <laughs> Every episode is just labeled going, and here we have, and you are, how do, who? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, Zach, you want to yeah. start us off? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to let the man himself talk about who he is, but I can say how I met Rafi. <laughs> totally. Honestly, don't. Oh, I do remember the first time I met you. Um, so basically, I had someone else who's been mentioned on this pod. I had a friend, Bob. Shout out Bob, who oh, also Bob, was yeah. my uh, former roommate. And Bob hangs with this, like, very elite crew of 20-something, like, <laughs> Flatbush creatives that, like, really don't fit the Flatbush, like, world at all. But they're all from there. And Roth, he played a show in his old basement, his parents' old place a in show. Flatbush. It was a show. Yeah. It was, it was something. Show. It was a show. <laughs> loving that you called them Flatbush elites. <laughs> like there's some sort of Illuminati. Like no, these guys. Illuminati of like ex yeshiva guys. <laughs> that just happen to like music and you'd, other you'd artistic I'll, forms. I'll tell you why I call them elites because honestly, and I said this to Bob the first time I like he performed at my one of my shows was how I met him. It's like you guys aren't supposed to exist. Like this is not supposed. You're supposed to see Waterbury guys making like, like, like Tati my king out of Flatbush, or maybe yeah. like a guy who like, oh, he's like a rapper. Like you don't really see guys who are like real artists just coming out of like the frumest neighborhood in Brooklyn. You don't see it all. Yeah, I was gonna ask and you. And they all hang with each other. I was gonna ask you if you could elaborate a little bit more on what this Illuminati is because I'm not familiar with it. It's so. a secret cabal of Jews who, instead of controlling the web, they control our playlists. No. No, joking. Basically, okay. this is like if you, if you look on Spotify at like any of these people's fans, also like you'll see like the same consistent names. Everyone from like Jericho to Yosef David. There is like a slight separation between the Crown Heights crew and the Flatbush crew. The Crown Heights crew is famously seen as a little bit more pretentious, if you will. Um, a lot of them have managers. I think we need to we need to back it up, right? Meaning, unless, right, that's I, a lot unless, of information. I'm, unless I'm missing something. When you're saying that there's a group of creatives coming out of Flatbush, right? Um, these are kids who grew up, went to regular yeshivas. Oh, yeah. These are guys absolutely who, in the system and girls from the system. Some of them are, few of them are still sort of like within the system. They're still from like still shit up thing probably or whatever. And what are they doing? Like that's out of the box. Because you just share Arts. like. Arts. Arts are artists. And they're taking it seriously. Artists within music or artists within. Artists. Within music and a lot of things. Within music and a Mostly lot of things. Mostly music. Let's be honest. Mostly music. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, there's some good stuff. There's some bad stuff as, you know, as, as there always is. But like you made a good distinction with like Tati My King style stuff. There's like a lot of from people who I guess fall from the cracks. And they land up in a school of love like Waterbury. 
um, which I'd love to talk about, by the way. After <laughs> I have so many thoughts. We're going your spend- spicy takes on revocation. We're going to spicy pod with Michael Gruen on this. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but um, essentially, you know, they're making art, which, you know, I'm not going to crap on their art, but there are people who are making their own independent art, and a lot of them who grew up from... Um, I guess like weirdos is what you could call it. And weirdos doesn't have any negative kind of These are the art school kids who didn't go to art school because their parents are from. Very that. Very that. And by the way, Bob Dylan was gay. I mean, uh, gay. Bob what? Dylan was Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> Bob Dylan was gay. <laughs> and Albert Einstein was Jewish. Yeah. Um, Not from Albert though. Einstein was yeah. an artist? No, 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 no. I'm just talking about creative like. Thinking. Talking about out of the box about, creative like, thinking. Weirdos. That's- just right. weirdos. There's a lot of um, a lot of famously Jewish weirdos. So, so you're, you're saying that this group of people you call them weirdos, even though it's not a bad. You don't not see it as a bad term. Weirdos is like glorious to me. Right. Got it. Do you consider yourself a weirdo? Absolutely. Look at okay. me. Okay. Awesome. Good for you. No, that's that's great. I that. love how much you own it. It's amazing. It's awesome. <laughs> I think it's glorious. Really. I love it. So yeah. where are you from? Can you just give a little background? So I am coming from Flatbush. I was in the Mir Yeshiva on on uh, Ocean Parkway. Wow. Yeah, so it's from stuff. I'm what from happened Flatbush. to you? <laughs> so, <laughs> nah, in, in high school, I went to Ar Yisrael, also known as Zuckers. Okay. Uh, yeah. Another yeshiva. It was basically the way that the yeshiva got created. They had a, they had a, a, a what's it called? The base Madrish. And then a bunch of different yeshivas canceled their gimel share. And so a bunch of people decided to, like, essentially bring a high school to this base Madrish because that was like a college base Madrish. Is this by Bernstein? Yeah, you know Bernstein. What the hell? Oh, I so I remember when Bernstein started the high school for Zuckers. Yes, yes. Oh, sorry. My friend okay. went. That so Rabbi Bernstein. So I have a very, very close friend. Um, well, I'm not going to mention his name, but Rabbi Bernstein's his brother-in-law. Right? Yeah. Hmm. Like a super close friend is Rabbi Bernstein's wife is his sister. I mean, that's what a brother-in-law I is. I think I know who it is. You probably do. Well, that's quite funny. Yeah. Very, very cool. Very cool. Yes, I was in Zuckers, um, and then they landed uh, up here. Yeah, yeah, Akiva. Got it. Akiva's sister married. Okay, cool stuff. Right. Um, Got it. So you were there. He's not even there anymore. He's not there anymore, right? You know, you know what happened. I'm very good friends with this guy. So I'm, That's very cool. Uh, oh, so I have to be, be careful with what I say. No, not at all. Um, You're supposed to not be careful with what you say on this podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. By the way, I was wondering a cookie this game. I want to ask Zach, like, you know me. I, as many creative people do, I have this, like, habit when, like, there's a camera on the microphone in front of me. I am, like, so, like, pretentious and fake. Like, call me out on it. I'm, I'm a human being. Well, like, if you say anything on this pod that doesn't stem with, like, you know what I know I'm you like without the microphone, you uh, yeah, know? So, I like, will reach keep, across keep and keep slap you in the face. Yeah, yeah. you're good. Because hold on. So, you grew up, you went to the mirror, you went to Zucker's. And how old are you, by the way? I'm 20. I'm 20. I tell my clients that I'm 26 just because I want to have, like, credibility, you know? Of course. But I, I'm, I'm 20. Um, got it. He introduced me to himself. He said he was 45 and divorced twice. I did not say that. Thank you. <laughs> very, very cool. So when did you post Zuckers, right? Oh, yeah. So so how I, so I basically, a little, little back text, which is background and context, mushed into one word, I created it. Um, essentially... <laughs> <laughs> and that's, 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 that, that, that right there is what the, the elites are doing. They're, they are taking words and they're making contractions. God, it's, uh, it's crazy to see a master at work, honestly. Um, yeah, so essentially I was in yeshiva. I was doing art. I was, I was, for a while I was very yeshivish. 
um, and I was playing Chasanos and a Terrace Riva. I had a PA4X. I was being dying. Did I think that I was that guy? <laughs> How old were you? What? How old were you while you were doing this? I was between 14 and 17, and I did quite a lot of jobs. You were doing what? You were playing keyboard for, yes. ba- for bands? Yes. No, that's just young. Woman band. Woman band. Oh, woman that's band. Something to be out there doing all that stuff. Yeah. So How did actually, you get yourself out there like that? So I did a couple of arts in the very beginning when I was 12. And then it started Who's to like. Who's hiring just, a twelve year old? You'd be so wait, surprised. We have to. We have to get like take this back. A You'd bit, be like, very surprised. People, people hire olds. You know why? Because you can pay a twelve year old a hundred dollars. Also, I did a very good job. I will. I'm, I'm a good musician. Shmuel, so, you have to hear. Understand one thing. Zach has told me, and Rafi, not to make you blush, but Zach has told me Rafi is in another level when it comes to music. I know. I know this. Okay. I know, so, stop him blushing. But still, but twelve years old. <laughs> blush like, now on command. That's. To even Whatever. get yourself out there to someone to hire you to do a professional gig at that age is pretty wild. So I was no god. I remember my first gig. His name was uh, Tzvi Kogel. Um, he, his sister, something was getting engaged. He knew me from a camp because we played music together in the camp. And he was like, listen, you want to come to this part? And I was like, yeah, of course. He's like, have you done it before? I'm like, yeah, of course. And I had not. So I came in there. I played. I, I think I did a nice job because they, that family from like, you know, my entire one of my band, Rain, they called me for like every simcha over wow. the course of like five years. So... And like a lot of it is like family loyalty. Once families know a musician, they just keep on hiring the same person. That's so how like, it works. Yeah, overall, and maybe I had like 20, client, 20, 20 different clients, but the same people kept on calling me for events. And eventually I had different deals with different halls to, you know, uh, give really cheap rates, you know, do crap work. Um, but I ended up doing a, a, a lot, a lot of gigs to the point where I was leaving Mishmar to do music. And the Shiva did not like that. They did not like that one bit. And Ter- terrible thing you were doing. Yeah, yeah, just, just horrible. And yeah. I, I needed the cast. It's very funny that that's the thing that Yeshiva didn't like about you. <laughs> well, well, it started there to say the least. So eventually, you told me I need to, I need to stop, I need to stop doing music. I was also doing photography at the time, and I was growing slowly. I was working a lot of shaitel companies and like hair designers. It was very, very yeshiva situation. But eventually, the yeshiva really had enough. Tied with all of the you know homosexual politics, which we could gladly get into. We made a mutual, I guess, understanding of that I'm going to no longer be in the yeshiva. What, and then, what age was that? What grade? It was the end of 10th grade. End of 10th grade. I still have the email. I, I, I organized a lot for that yeshiva. I did quite a lot of things to that yeshiva, looking back from, you know, the Shabbat tones to their music. I have the email from discussed where he's like, because I, I, he told me, he told me I have to do certain work. I don't remember what it was, and I didn't do it. And then he sent me an email like, please do not return to yeshiva. I look forward to seeing you on Sunday. For like the Rosh where I was gonna like do the music, you know, very that situation. So he kicked me out in the same email as he had me, you know, Ouch. come do come in and play, which was fine. Right. Wait, um, he was asking you to do Masiba as nuts. he was kicking you out. Yes, in the same email. I, th- I still have it. <laughs> I still have that email. Jesus I swear Christ. to God. Um. So I basically I never I never went back. So I continued. I I, I did a GED by myself. I took Regents by myself. I got all that stuff done. And I felt like I was way ahead of my class. Like then Corona hit, my class was still in like 12th grade, like steiging and like, you know, taking regents and in yeshiva, which was in a residential building for some reason, by the way. I don't know. It's so interesting to me. Um, But I was like, slowly growing my business. What does that mean? It was in a residential building. So how could something be a residential building? Zuckers? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, You know that tiny little, like, my my, my friend who's in base manager, sir. 
So he, right. Remy yeah, Frank, Remy yeah. was. You guys know Remy Frankel? Remy what the hell? Even though I'm hanging out with him tonight. You're lying. <laughs> He's like a shout lying. out to Remy. He's a, our best friend from Cleveland. You are how? joking me. That is crazy. Oh my was God. Was he like your Hushba guy when you were in? Remy Frankel is like one of the most awesome people of Zuckerberg. He's just Boom. like. Boom. He was Abe. an awesome guy. He also taught there, which was not a fun yes, experience. Yes, math and like stuff. Yeah. He told um, me. He told me some experiences Bobby, he had from Mm-hmm. Sorry to bother you. Like, try to talk into the mic because we just want to make sure we get. It's fun. You could got move, it. You could move it around. By the way, you could like. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. That's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. I'm literally hanging microphone. out with him tonight. That's so. I. I would. Yeah. Um, it's weird when World's Collide. It's like weird that. when World Collide. Yeah. He told me some stories from Zucker's. Oh, with, I can uh, imagine the math ones. He's people yeah. throwing stuff at I him. I feel so bad for teacher, him to be honest. You know what they were throwing at him? <laughs> He's such a sweet person, honestly. Because like they did some really bad stuff to him. And after I, I asked him about it, and he's like, "No, I don't hold a grudge against these people. Like, I understand what they're going through." And I was like, "Wow, the amount of like sensitivity and like self awareness, just like dissociate and like show that you know that it's not about yourself." You know, yeah. I, I respect him a lot way, for that. This is a big trend in yeshivas. I've noticed is they always get like, there's always one base marriage guy's like, "You're not a complete dumbass. You want to teach a <laughs> class of like 35 high school kids <laughs> physics? Like, <laughs> like what is that? And how come every yeshiva has that? Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Tell you, yeah. No, I'll tell you why." Um, but on a different note, what's the reason, you know, they always, all the, like the non-Jewish teachers that come and teach, they always walk at, like there's the biggest Hashem's happen when like the non-Jewish teachers come in, they're like, Yeshiva boys are the worst behaved boys in the world. <laughs> My question is, first of all, is that true? Uh, I don't or, think it's true. No way. No way, right? Do you see the stuff that's on world star hip hop? <laughs> From like in public schools, I, but they say I mean, that we bring in less guns. That, but, but I don't know that. I don't know that it's true. I think. I think what is true is that yeshiva kids true. are very. They're very grouped together, and like we are the Jews, and you are the Gaish teacher. Haha. Right. It's much more of right. like that. There's more than of it us is. versus them. Exactly. It's, exactly. They're much more other. But I will say that like I've had several teachers throughout the years tell me those exact words. Different teachers, different ages have told me. All of my public school classes are better behaved than my yeshiva yeah. classes. So I think they're. I think it might actually be true. I think it's true. No, so I think that the reason why is because Lamude Kol and like and then Lamude Kodesh. It's like it's two two totally different things, and it's taught that way. So you don't have the same respect for the teachers yeah. as you have for your abeim. Like not at all the same respect. And yeah. so when you go into it, you're like, oh, I'm kind of just here to be here, or whatever. Especially in the super right wing schools, and then like. I don't need to learn this. It doesn't make a difference. And so yes. I, whatever's coming out of their mouth doesn't make a difference to me. Now I'm going to try to have fun. Whereas in like in the public school, it's like every class matters just as much as the other one. You just have the two or three same kids out of 30 kids or 40 kids that are troublemakers. Yeah. So the other 35 actually care about the things that are coming out of their teacher's mouths. And they're like, oh, I need this for the SAT or, oh, I need this because I want to get a good right. grade so that my, so that my like parents don't get upset at me. But like in yeshiva, it's like, I, I don't care what you did on it, like in English. Right, I would say that's fair. I got actually a question for you. Speaking mm-hmm. about school, I have two questions about school. One, were what type of student were you before you left yeshiva? Like, what type of student were you? In both uh, Hebrew studies, you know, in, in Hebrew in studies, I was excellent. I think I got the highest score one year of the um, the Bechina Gedola. Um, I learned a lot of Gemara. People underestimate how much Torah I know. And this is also something we're Chavetz Chaim guys, and in, in high school. Oh, he's Jewish. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> we don't learn a lot. In high, like I remember learning Gemara basically for for tests. Base matters we took seriously, but like I feel like in, in Flatbush and there's in that world, like you guys learn yeah. in high school. Yeah, hold like on. you guys are like ligging and learning. Correct. Yeah, he in the yeshiva system in Brooklyn, like non Chavetz Chaim. Non Chaim. They take. They're ve- they like they cover block. 
Like it's like bro, they're covering ground. No, bro. they do. It's like like they know how to make like lanings, bro. In 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 oh, time where we were like we you don't could make a laning? Of course. So then could you still make a landing? Do you think right now? Can we? Is there a Tom that we can get him? I, I, right, I mean, right now, uh, put me Let's on the give spot him PTSD. Like <laughs> um, I'm, I mean, I'm open to trying, but like you know, I, I like to your point about um about like the lit fish yeshivas, like not like Chavetz Chaim. Also, you sh- uh, what's it called Hasidim. Their whole goal is to like cover Tyra. They just regurgitate it the way we we read to him. A lot of the Hasidic yeshivas, that's how they focus on reading Gemara. It's very big stick. The right. only real people who are like steiging and steiging are like the Ashkenaz Litvish yeshivas. And like, not like the Chafetz Chaim. Like, if you don't say oi, then like, no. You know what I'm saying? There's no like Torah. And I, I remember my family used to bully me because I have a Sephardi family. And I would say Maroyer. Um, for, you know, like on, on Pesach, you say Maroyer. Right. You know, because it, it's like, oh, that sounds fucking weird. Because they were all like, you know, a lot of them have much more Sephardi background than I do. Talking about your family, Sephardi? Yeah. So then how did you land up in the traditional uh, Litvish? Oh, Sephardi yeshivas are expensive. That's um, the reason? Yeah, okay. so why do you go to like a Tered or something like that? Because a Tered is expensive as hell. It's a very expensive yeshiva. These Ashkenazi yeshivas are also, they're much more fluid. You'll notice that um, Ashkenazi yeshivas are filled and flooded with Sephardi kids. You'll never find an Ashkenazi kid in a Sephardi school. You, see, you won't see it. That is very much true. The, the, why do you think the, that is? A, a few reasons. First of all, the Sephardi community is much more polarizing in a way. I don't think they would ever accept someone who is like not one of us. And I also think that the Ashkenazi yeshivas are way cheaper, much more open, they have much more diverse backgrounds um, in general. And there's more of them. You know what's fascinating to me? Everyone says that I'm the fastest talking person they ever heard. You are a thousand times faster <laughs> than me. But he's con- he's very concise with what he says, though. Oh, thank you. And he talks Meaning, clearly. He, he talks clearly. Yeah. Meaning like, out. yeah, it's... It, Every like every word that you have coming out of your mouth actually has weight to it. That's like, funny. It's, not, it's not. It's not like you know, just someone talking to try to get their <laughs> what you, their thought. What are you saying about label? I'm saying <laughs> <laughs> he knows this. He's, he'll say this. Label will be like, "Let me talk this out. I have, I have to get this thought out. I have to right. get. It. I have to talk it out. I have to talk it out." Right. And after like a minute, then he has it, and then he can concisely put it and like nail it. What we're saying is, is you could be like a really good like fast reader for like a like. Should, are there are there like, Lane Schultz? It's an interesting idea. You would be a rock star laner. Yeah, he really wants to do that. Like you say all the words clearly and you move. No, something about leaning it's always like bothered me. Hell, like there's like five pretentious guys who like when you say something wrong, like ah, ah, like like just, 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 just like get through this. You have, like you, know a, I mean? you have a sixty-five-year-old older overweight like little guy going. Ah. No, I know what he's talking about. He's talking about if you make any sort of mistake, you have those guys that are like the Nazis of bro, yeah, the, bro. the Nazis. You win the truck. It's like the, the grammar. It's the grammar police. These are the same yeah. guys who are not nice to waiters and waitresses. That's that's what I hold. That is fact. It's guys who like whatever's going on in their life. Like you just got sacked. Your career never went where it went. Your kids <laughs> off the derch. Your divorce. Whatever it is, you're sad. And you go to Shul and you're just like waiting for that mistake. And then you're like, yeah, like for one second, you're the king of the universe. And you go back to your shitty life. It's like life. the highlight of the week. It's like the highlight of the week. It's yeah. Well, I want to coin the term Trump police or like the Trump Shimerim, you know? <laughs> the Trump Shimerim. That is amazing. That is actually amazing. Um, so hold on, I want to go back a little bit. So you left high school t- at the end of 10th grade. You were playing, yeah. the gigs you were playing, you were playing at weddings from 14 to 17? Um, not as much as toward the end. At the end, I really started getting weddings consistently because I went more toward the DJ route. But I was doing a very large amount of um, bar mitzvahs, shavu brachis, and barts. And people on dress made that. There's a lot of there's a lot of money in there, especially that bar mitzvahs. 
you know, if you come yeah. off as a study and spitz guy, and because I was young, I was able to do that, every single kid in that class is going to hire you. Right. Because you are the, the cool guy. So I would like always I go up to the them and like be stultzy and like spitz to these kids, but like give them just enough attention. And it worked. I got many classes I did a lot. And something else I would do is I would reach out to Menahel's. Like, listen, you know, I know you have people in your yeshiva. Um, I'm willing to go at a cheaper rate. And so a lot of parents don't have a lot of money. They reach out to the school for help when planning the bar mitzvah. Right. I would be the first recommendation. You know what I love? That you're not just a musician. You're an entrepreneur. I mean, that word sounds like trauma, like but thank you. That word is trauma? <laughs> entrepreneur just has like a connotation today. But yeah, no, I get definitely know what you're saying. What I, do you I, mean? What's the connotation? What's the connotation? It's such a pretentious thing. Like, you know, you know, when someone writes the word entrepreneur in their Instagram bio, I'm like, oh, I know exactly what you are. You know, okay. you are unemployed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, because you know that what you're describing about what you would do is very entrepreneurship. Like it's, it's, it's hustling in a smart hustle. way. I like the word hustle a lot more. Nope. I definitely, it's, I definitely put in the work there. I don't know. I think it's more than just being a musician. A musician, what you're doing is like, you're creating business. Like you're going to Manal's, you're going to like, you created a market for He's yourself. You're creating opportunities for yeah, yourself to be able to do what he loves, which he, is an incredible. It's just very smart to be doing at 15 to 17 years old. That's all. Yeah, um, that's good. Well, thank you. I think that was a good time to transition. And we'll go back and get, I, I have a lot of questions about Transitions. your origins, but mm-hmm. I want to know, wh- what are you up to now? Let's, let's, now, let's, let's forward the clock. It's two years later. You're not playing gigs anymore at weddings. What do you do now? Okay, so thank you so much. I, I transferred completely into studio work. I recently sold all my live gear. It was a huge moment in my life, and I, I, I exclusively do studio work. I do graphic design. I do music video production. I'm working super hard. I recently set up uh, my LLC, my online listing. I'm working just around the clock to to build my business and build build my brand and, and get more clients. And could you could you elaborate to a more on what studio work is? Like yeah. What, what all those things you just said? What that is on a right. practical so level? So unlike Ben Lerner, I'm going to explain what music production is. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wow! Oh, that was shot fired. <laughs> um, essentially, you know, he he was kind of correct. well. To be just, fair, he's not a. He, you're more a producer. No, ben, more a ben, is, ben is great. I, I love Ben. We love Ben. I was right. just in the last week's podcast. I was listening. And like Ben Label was like, "What's music production?" And he was like, "Wow!" I mean, it's like. <laughs> And then he just barfed into the mic. <laughs> no, it was totally fine. Basically, when, when, whenever you listen to a song on the radio or Spotify, someone sat there recording every track, mixing every track, writing every note, recording every sound, editing it, putting it all together. And that guy is a music producer. And it's done typically in a studio. Very cool. Very cool. I still don't understand it at all, but okay, <laughs> amazing. No, you don't. I, I, no matter how much you explain it, I'm not going to understand it. He's so. not going to understand until you get label what's on your, a track. What's your favorite Correct. song? Till I see it, I'm not. No, gonna, you should I come by pro- my studio. I want you to produce a track with Robbie. I want label on. No, a track. it'll be a lion production. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, meaning if you show me what you're doing from whatever, I, I'm a very visual learner, so mm-hmm. I learn when I see things being done. That makes sense. Right. Um, like telling it to me in words doesn't hold as much got weight you, to got me you. seeing what you're going to do from okay. someone singing okay. to like how it comes out. Like the process. So right, right now we're at this table. There are four microphones set up and they're going into that mixer, right? Pretend that instead of our beautiful five faces, you were a drum set, you were a piano, you were a guitar, and I was a bass. So each of these microphones would be recording the instruments that someone arranged to go together. And then the final output, what's going to be this podcast, would be the song in that case. Got it. That's a very dumbed down understanding, I guess. Got it. Okay, that's that makes sense. music production is. Very cool. Um, that was very well put. Very, holy yeah. shatballs. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, what I'm saying. Like I, so who's the like producer? I just artist. understood music better. Holy crap. <laughs> so who's, so who's, who's the producer... What do you say at this pod? Danny? Who, who, the editor? Like, who's the one? 
of this pod, it's a combination of me and Danny. Here's the thing: when you produce a a, a, a podcast, your the producer's job is not technical; it's to make it happen. It's very different from a music producer, meaning it's like a show producer, the guy who puts all the elements together. Your job in the podcast, producing this podcast, is everything from having the guest here to you know making these and making right. the coffee. You know, it's it's. It sounds very like amazing. I'm just a coffee maker. <laughs> That's what I am. I make, I make coffee. <laughs> producing literally just means doing. Maybe, you know? your just making it happen. Make coffee for it. Yeah, it's being yeah. I understand. Okay, yeah. very cool. Um, Zach, you had something else you wanted to ask. Uh, yeah, no, doing? for sure, for sure. So um, why did you, hold on, why yeah. did you transition out from the live gigs to this whole different, it's a totally different thing, right? What yeah. Doing? So, um, I dyed my hair, um, and then, I, 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 <laughs> That's why you dyed your I hair. Wait, I, I feel I, like he's getting somewhere. Yes. I know. I no, literally, yeah, though, I dyed my hair blonde, and then, the, 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 honestly, I had gigs, and they were like, what, 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 they were gone. They were totally gone. For a while, though, the Chabad people, I gotta give it to Chabad, I love fucking Chabad people. They don't give a shit who you are. Like, they, they the Chabad people, I would say my last maybe 10, 15 gigs that I ever did were all Chabad, because they don't give a shit who you I are. I don't think it's surprising. They're used to pe- Jews who don't fit up the label. Yeah. They, they live amongst them. They yeah. daven next to them at 770. It's okay. So hold on. You're essentially saying that all the lit fish from people, let's say, in Brooklyn stopped using oh, you Oh, yeah. They, I had earrings. I had dyed hair, because I was doing yeshivish gigs. Like, this was not like... You know, bands like a Coldplay or like whatnot, like they're doing, you know, mid, it's not even like Five Towns gigs. These were yeshivish liquid flatbush gigs, like Borough Park gigs. Yeshivish. So when AF. you dyed your hair blonde, you went with the earrings or just first blonde and you're wearing a white shirt and everything while you're doing So it started off with just blonde, white shirt. A couple people, someone gave me a nasty comment, even like, I, I guess people gave me nasty comments. I was shocked. I was like, I'm the musician. You know, For the waiter is Mexican. For what? Blonde hair? Yeah, having the blonde hair. What do they care? They, how did they even know they used that black hair? Someone went out so, of their way to tell you something yeah, nasty? Yeah, no, because, you know, it was dyed. It looked dyed. You know, okay. whatever. It, to them, it's like, who is this goyish guy at our I'm actually school. curious what someone would I don't would remember the exact details. I, I remember exactly who it was. It was one of my close friend's brother-in-law. First of all, Zach, you make it sound like like that's a shock. There's a lot of just, like, bad people in this world. Why are you, no. like, shocked? I, I mean, it's them def- in shock. It's more like, I don't know. It's just, I, it still not- sometimes surprises me because... I know there's a lot of bad people, but I'm wondering how, it, depending on what the comment was, is that just a shitty person or is that a cultural affront? No, 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 I don't think it's, that's yeah. what I'm saying. It's not a, no, I'm not, not knocking, I would not knock from people. The way you made it sound is like, from people, there's like something wrong. Like, you could be, there's a lot of not nice people in every single culture. No, that's what I'm that saying. that for sure. Assholes, so, they found their way, they're very loud. Yeah, I don't think that's a culture. Jewish thing. I mean, put it this way, someone making a, someone making a gig is kind of like a manal, like, Anyone you wouldn't let in your yeshiva is not someone you would hire at your event unless they're not Jewish or they're already like out of us. So you right. can hire a not Jewish waiter, right. but right. you can't hire a Jewish waiter who has dyed hair. Right. You know what I'm saying? So because because then it's kind if, of polarizing. Correct me if you think I'm wrong, but I always thought that was coming from we need to protect the children from what they could be. Kind of. There's a lot of it. The, they're not going to be a, a non-Jew, so the non-Jew you can know, be whatever they want. That has a lot right? of In fact, we'll applaud it. the non-Jew for being whatever they want. That's great. For we sh- love diversity. We don't like diversity within the actual community. Correct. Because then exactly. my kid's here. He can't see that there's another way to be. For sure. If Rafi, if, if Rafi was like a, a non-Jewish guy that was just playing a gig and everyone knew that he was just playing gigs, they wouldn't care what he showed exactly. up at every single time. Exactly. But the they knew who he was. Like they, yeah. And this is really getting to the bottom of why I want you on the pod. Besides the fact that you're a friend, besides the fact that I've worked with you and that I think you're very talented, I think that Thank you're you. a lot of what, like, a lot of what this pod can do is we we... we do live within a certain niche 
within the from community where most of the people who watch us are from and have been through the system. We all get, we all have this shared, very strong community. There's a lot of beauty in that, but a lot of us kind of do our own thing. And you're a very good example of someone who really does their own thing to the nth degree. And you still remain, it's not oh, like you've severed full ties. Very, Where, very in the front You're community. very in the front community. Where's your studio again? <laughs> it's in the middle of Lambus. Ocean, Ocean, Ocean Avenue. Ocean Avenue. Like you're, in, you're, you're still in it. And I think that that's beautiful because it shows that you really can have, you can, you can live in those two worlds. You can, you can be yourself. You can be within the community. You oh, can yeah. work with these people. You can respect these people and there can be mutual respect. And you can also make great things. I, some, I know that you've put out an album recently mm-hmm. and that's, I definitely want to transition to talking about the album. Uh, you put on an album of your production Every song has a different vocalist. Mm-hmm. Some of those vocalists are religious. Some of them wear yarmulkes. Some yes. cover will cover their hair when they're married, and yada yada, whatever other external factor you want to use. Some of them haven't been religious in years. Right. It doesn't matter. They all have that shared. I believe everyone on the album yes. was, was from. Yes. Yes. And everyone in there has that that background mm-hmm. of like they have that shared some community. Jewish thing. Yeah. And that, that's is beautiful. A, is it a from thing or a Jewish thing? Just out of curiosity. Um, I would say ninety nine point nine percent from and a little bit of just Jewish. Right. So <clears throat> could you just um, explain to me how else? Like I know your studios in. You said you're still very much involved in the from community, and your studios obviously on Ocean Avenue. Could you explain how? Are there other examples of how you're still very much involved? Aside um, from the gigs of the, like the creative, like this creative group we referenced earlier, is there any other? So, I mean, a large part of my clients who, like, I, I, I'm so prideful to have are, you know, people who are considered from celebrities. Um, and so just by, by virtue of that, I'm contributing creatively to Jewish media, meaning, you know, any Jewish song you hear, like, not any, but in general, if you hear a Jewish song, there's a possibility that I have part creating that. Most of the people, I mean, uh, I, I, did, I did some filming for Mati Steinmetz. That was my, really? one of my proudest moments. That's Hold really on. cool. Hold on. You did music for, for Mati Steinmetz? Not, not, not music, music. Video. filming. He's also a, I did some a videographer and, and video editor. Director. Sorry. He is probably right now my favorite Jewish Same. artist. He's so good. I mean, the purity. It's not fair. The p- <laughs> Oh yeah, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that guy is not. <laughs> no, because he's, he's he's playing with a different set of rules. He is <laughs> playing. He's got a good deck of cards. He's got a good. Deck I'm just of saying, cards. his the purity in his music. Oh my! Like I am, I'm obsessed. Before Shabbos, yeah. I have a playlist. Shmuley wants to kill me every single time. <laughs> oh my god! And three quarters of it is Monty Steinitz. Like and the other, another oh, part wow. is Celine Dion. <laughs> oh, Callback. Call back. First of all, he put out on social a clip. I, I was roasted so bad on today's clip. Oh my gosh. Oh, it was a painful clip of me during my depressed days. No, there was that one Mutti Diamond song that I liked that he did with E. Sherry. Which one? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, that was a yeah. great song. It was it's amazing. Great, great that was universal. No, hold on. But Nafshi was universally recognized by the whole world because it has a lot of Rebo touch to it as opposed to being a Hasidish. Niggin. Right, 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 right. right, right. I love Mati Steinmetz's Hasidish Niggin. Really? Are there, no, any, offhand, are there any offhand Loves this stuff. Like? What? Do you know any offhand you specifically uh, like? Yeah, all the ones by Kiddush and by the Rechnitz wedding he sings. Mm. Uh, he sings... Um, Wait, you're sitting around your house listening to him sing at a Rechnitz wedding? Well, yeah, uh, it's recorded. Before Shabbos, It's yeah. recorded. He, uh, he has, before um, Shabbos, label will do that, yeah. There's a couple other ones that this I'm obsessed with. Um, hold on, I, I need to I need to get this out of my head. Um, <laughs> That's what Sam was saying. Hold on one second. I'm going to up because I'm... I'm I'm like, While he's playing up, no, like Label loves Mordechai Ben David, Avram Free. Like oh, yeah. he loves this stuff. I like, love the like, he, 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 he used to he he would he fights me on like how I don't like this type of stuff. 
No, I think it's beautiful. I'm just, I, I'm asking the whole the whole table right now. Imagine, are this, is this happening in other cultures? Meaning, are Muslims who live in America, like, you know, like the TV show Rami, like your yeah, modern Orthodox Muslims, are they sitting around being like, dude, I'm listening to Fahim Anwar's like, Kiddush, at, like at a wedding. Like he's Kinda. singing at a wedding. You'd be surprised. Maybe you don't know. I don't know. You don't know their culture. I've had an interesting outlet into Turkish culture and they really do have that. They're Americanized, just like, they're like they're, so much like from Jews. They're Americanized, but they have their like, Americanized callbacks into their culture. It's so wow. cool. You know what I mean? I've been saying for years that we need to have a Jewish Rami. I don't know if you know the TV a show. Jewish Rami's Rami. a show Rami. on Hulu about what's basically a chilled out ex-Yeshiva guy, Muslim guy. And he's literally still from, and some of his relatives are very from, and he's just not that from. He either has kind of a hip, he's kind of progressive, but he's from, he's going to marry Muslim. We need a Jewish version because all the Jewish media is about Hasidim and go off the derech, and it's right. kind of negative. And let's just have a positive about someone who kind of straddles both worlds and makes it meaningful and both and makes it work. Right, right, right. You know, right. let's make it about Crown Heights, let's say, you know? Zachar Bress. Zachar I love that song. Insane it's song. A great song. It's insane. It's so good. Um, then he sings also Kalmar. That one, I'm okay. It's beautiful. It's also, it's, I, um, then he has another one that he sings. Let me find it. I, I just, I'm, yeah, these are my, Are you comfortable with the level of from this? Do you know the reason? Like, one? Is, uh, <laughs> a, the, the one I filmed. Let's have a quick conversation, God side conversation about about uh, uh, Taylor Swift. Yeah. Oh, oh, then he has uh, Sean Mipic He has a new oh, album coming out on that. October 31st. Excellent. Label, okay. can we get Taylor yeah. Swift on the pod to wash out the. Yeah, like, uh, rather than. Shmoy's dying. Okay, let's talk about I was about dying for a second. And me, and Zach, me and Zach had to have a side conversation about Taylor Swift. Wait. We did. Taylor Swift is anti Semitic? Yeah, what? Um, yeah, so I, I'm crazy about these diamonds, guys. Yeah, I think he's absolutely excellent. Yeah. Really, truly. Um, so that's amazing. So Mordecai Shapiro, Matisse Diamonds, whatever. I didn't, so you're still very, very, okay. You are very, very much involved in yeah. the from music world. That's really what it comes down to. I mean, I live at home. So obviously a lot of that, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm in a from environment for the most part. Um, even at the studio, my landlords are from family, such great people. Like, you also run a cheder out of your studio. Right. I do not run a cheder. Very good. <laughs> Very what's good. your, what's your, how many siblings do you have? Um, we're eight. And what's your family like? Oh, I love this one. Um, uh, hope none of them watch this. So my, my oldest brother is married to a woman. Uh, he's from, and he lives in Miami Beach. The one underneath him is married to a guy. And he lives in North Carolina. He is nihilistic, atheist, zero relationship with Judaism at all, you know. And then underneath him, I have another brother, Yaakov. Um, I shouldn't have said his name. I don't know. No one cares. Um, he lives with us at home. Very, very cool guy. And then underneath him, I have my brother, Avi, who is an actuary who lives in Philadelphia. He is single and straight, as far as I know. Also atheist, nihilistic type stuff. Then there is me. The rest of them are from kids who live at home. You know not every atheist is nihilist. This might be something in your family. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm pointing out that <laughs> yeah, that's why I have yeah. to say this that. This is but not the average Flatbush family. Like <laughs> no, the no, top four not. kids are atheist, nihilistic. <laughs> one's gay, one's straight, lives in Philadelphia. We're not sure. Like, is he atheist? Is he not atheist? Yeah, like, so there, there's two gays. And my my mother is a, is a teacher part-time, and my father has been a Rebbe for the larger part of his life. Wow, that is fascinating. Wow. Where does your mother teach? In Atirit Torah School for Girls. Pardon? And your and your Pardon? and your father? So my father's a rabbi at um it's a Kihila on Avenue P called Yama Torah, and he also is a rabbi during the day at Mag and David. Mag and David Yishim. So he's a rub as well as being like a, a rabbi yeah. at Mag and David. Yeah. Wow. And wow. Triple Smicha. Okay. 
What, hold on, what's triple smicha? I, I never... got smicha a few times from like different rabbis. Wow. He's, he's, very, he's an interesting fellow. He's an interesting fellow. Wow. Can we cut deep here? Yeah, for sure. Well, How I mean, do your parents feel about their kids? So here's the thing. My father grew up not in a religious environment. My father's completely Israeli. So as far as I know, he grew up in a kind of Chiloni world. And he was like, I guess, the different one. Now his siblings also became rabbis. My father was the first one to like come to America, marry an American woman, and like become a rabbi. So as much as my father is super religious, you know, he's a rabbi, by virtue of that, he's more religious than my mother, um, he has zero dogma. He's not a dogmatic person, so there's no like, what do you mean, but the Torah says. And so for him, even if he disagrees with my lifestyle, we get along fabulously well. As opposed to my mother, um, she is not a rabbi, uh, but she is a lot more dogmatic in a lot of ways. So for her, it was, she struggles a lot. You know, I sympathize with her, but she struggles a lot with um, my, me, and my, some of, me and some of my siblings' Judaic status and uh, homosexuality and, and so on. That is a, a, a hurdle for her. Um, but, you know, I live at home. I haven't been killed um, to step right. up. So, you know. They haven't, <laughs> they haven't stoned you? Which is a step up. <laughs> right. No, because I would say this, like, normally in general when – I guess coming from the from community, when when people go either into a very different path than they grow up to be, which is like you go to a hater and like all of a sudden, okay, I'm not from or, you know, homosexual or I'm atheist. It could be anything, right? Normally it comes from either two spaces. One, you either have like a super open like space where you're able to just find yourself, create like in, in whatever way you want to. And so it allows you to just not be rigid in who you have to be from growing up and therefore mm-hmm. you just become whatever you experience really in life if you, you know like if you're a 17 year old and you had a lot of friends that were outside of the school that you're in you hung out with public school kids you might just you know like start liking the things they like and become more like them and then yeah. it be, it comes out of a space of rigidity whereas like a lot of people that become I would say even how you are or people in your family a lot of times it comes you from mean place, gay? No, oh. no. I'm just saying atheist. It could be no. Your whole family it could be gay. It could be atheist. It could be anything that's not in the norm. In the norm of like re- of religiosity, really religious lipish Judaism in Flatbush, right? Comes out of a super rigid place. Rabbinic Judaism, yeah. yeah. Rabbinic Judaism comes from a super rigid place where it's like a trauma based thing, where like like uh, like uh, their parents like destroyed them, and then like, they have a hatred for it now, where they go all the way the other okay. way. Okay, so I, I really want to address that, and I yeah. swear I won't go down Waterbury Road. I swear I won't. Don't. You but, can. But I do want to really address that, yeah. because, I, firstly, I have a few things I want to say. Firstly, um, I think there are two kinds of people who go off the derach. There are people who who start doing Averis, and then come up with semi-logical thoughts that they heard um, to not feel guilty or get rid of that like um, cognitive dissonance that's happening because of they're doing these Averis, and then they land up off the derach, and then they land up in a safety net. Um, and these are great institutions that I'm about to name. Some of like our Misha Faglin's work, um, like um, what's it called? Uh, uh, help me out of here. The one in Crown Heights that like helps, um, that helps people. Um, I think, ah, Wilkes, cool. Wilkes-Barre. Everything from our place to whatever oh, those places yeah. to Rabbi Fagelin's place, like they're all the unconditional love. The, yeah, the schools of love is what I like to call them because they they come in and sort of save these people, for lack of a better term, as opposed to the people who actually have philosophical thoughts and consider like, wait, does this make sense? Was there a big boat, you know, in the beginning of time that was like sailing against the world flooded? Like people who actually think back. Like, you know, wait, does that make sense? Should we circumcise our children? Like, people actually have thoughts inside their brain. And then they even have trauma sometimes that they... A lot of people, you'll notice this, Zach, they're not religious anymore. They're even atheists, but they can't stop keeping kosher because it's just... It was given to them in their formative years. 
So I think that some of the people go, you have to kind of make a distinction. That's right. why when I say off the derech, I mean people who like, I didn't want to wear your head and jacket. I'm like, Rebbe, you hear me, as opposed to not religious, who are philosophical, intelligent people who came to certain conclusions and then acted on them after. Got it. Okay. It. Yeah. No, but that's, I don't think we're like disagreeing. I think that, that, that two space. Yeah, there's a distinction. There's a, that, that your distinction you're making is that there's the people that get it out of trauma. Really, at the end of the day, and That's then there the are people, and the people, and the people that get That's it out of a space yeah. where, uh, okay, I've thought this through, and now I'm trying new things, or I'm trying to Precisely. figure, trying to figure things out, course. without, uh, mm -hmm. from from a non-negative standpoint. Yeah. Also, trauma doesn't imply that it isn't logical. Like you could be in a really bad situation, and then you're traumatized, and also logically, you realize that you were in there for no good reason. Right. You know, people would say, "Oh, you're just who who hurt you, Shayfula?" Like that. You know, right. when they're saying that, they're implying that the reason you got to where you are is because you're only and because you, you have were, emotional pain. Exactly. Happens to be, I think, my personal opinion, I could be wrong, but I think majority of people that do go off the dark, I think a lot of, mostly is from trauma. That's my personal opinion. I don't think most people... The existence of trauma, though, does not does not mean that there can't also be a strong philosophical basis for what their, their lifestyle is. Yeah, I of agree. Of course, if you were perfectly, perfectly happy, I would say the numbers of people who are absolutely ecstatic to be from, they love Cholent, they love Gemara, they're not gay, they're not anything weird about them, they're having a great time. Happens to be, they're too intelligent, read the wrong thing, oops, Dawkins did it, boom, I'm out. That's probably low. That's my it's point. It's low. Does, it does exist. I've met oh, some of them. Oh, it does exist. It exists, oh, it especially exists. if you look on the internet. But there's not. There are also two types of people who get trauma. There's types of people who get trauma, and they're like, obviously, like I'm from, but like I have to be off the derek right now because Tati doesn't love me. And then there's like, yeah, there are people who are like, yeah, like no shit, I have trauma. Like this is like I grew up in a somewhat of a cult. Also, none of this makes sense, or some of it doesn't make sense, or maybe this one particular part doesn't make sense. I think what I, I'm going to speak for both of us here. I think what me and Label have found in the philosophical space, what he's saying is that the people that are had a good have a good relation with Judaism from a growing up standpoint and a very open space, but they love it. Even if they're philosophical, they might change their their mindset and the fact that their house might be more open minded, but their actual actions around religion don't change. Meaning how they grew up, it doesn't really change. How, their actions around it and their actions around halacha don't change. They just have a more open-minded mindset to people that are not like them or people that are not. There's a word for it. It's, it's, a very, it's, called, watch it's called orthoprax. Can I say something that's. <laughs> there's a lot of, there's, let me finish. There's a lot of, there's a huge growing community now of people who Mama and Tati were one of the two are turning lights on and off on Shabbos. They're, they're I'm not talking about that. No, but why? Why would you turn a light? I think it stops no. at movies. What he's saying is like we're we're, we're from we love Hashem, but like we watch movies. You know no, what I mean? God, that can't be. What no, no, no. About. What I'm saying is no, no, no. I don't. Maybe I'm not saying it right. I, I I can mention a guy on the pod like that that it would like make sense to me. It's like a guy like Shlomo Sprung, Rabbi Shlomo Sprung. Yes. Like okay, he is an extremely extremely from guy, halachically from guy. He runs a Hillel in in Miami Beach, but he wears a black shirt on Shabbos. But he is if you find him halachically, halachically he's one of the most on point guys you will find in that regard like Litfish like his kids go to Litfish like uh, places in Israel and different things but his house is super open minded in the fact that you will never find him in, in imparting his um, whatever he does his, his views on you consistently he's just like he's, he has a home of love this is what I do with my religio religiosity because he loves he loves Judaism and he sees the, the truth in it for himself 
And then what ends up happening from those from those homes, if you're philosophical about Judaism and you're philosophical about what's happening, you realize that not everyone's come to the conclusions you've come to. You not not everyone is, has the same journey not, you've come yeah. to, and because of that, you're more open minded to the people that are in your home not being like you, but you still having that love and practicing that and, and practicing that halachic. Wait. I want to say one thing why I actually fundamentally disagree with you, and I think 99%, 95% of people that go through there... I disagree with No, with Zach. He's with at Zach. Okay. Zach. I, and I'm going to tell you why I think 95% of, of people that go off the derech, it is because of trauma, and it's not because of a philosophical thing. There's very few... I, was, I, was like, I tried to cut you off. I think 100% of people who go off the derech go off because of trauma. But you just made a distinction. No, no. I think 100% of people who are not religious um, go off for philosophical reasons, and 100% of people who are off the derech Go off because of trauma. That was the distinction. What's the difference between you the two? You said that very so, clearly. That was you the said whole that very clearly before. One more time. Non-religious people are people who are no longer religious because they have philosophically, they do not believe they in, in religion. Or the because they don't think it's the right, right okay, way so to you're live. Making that the derech is someone who is from but doesn't keep Allah. I, I get it. So I'm talking about so the people that, and when, or that are non-observant. That were observant and... So you're talking about, oh, who have switched their mindset and think it's not true anymore. And I think if they grew up from, I personally think it's based on a traumatic, it's a trauma-based mm, thing. I do okay. agree. Uh, I fully agree with that. I'm so confused. I feel like we're going in circles. Let me just <laughs> say my point for a second. Sure. Even people that philosophically go off the derech, I don't believe there's enough strong enough philosophical argument against Judaism or standard religion that is strong enough that a person will go off without a, tra a trauma happening to them, okay? It's not like it's it's that, for any argument that there is that's philosophical, there's an argument that to go off, there's just as much of an argument for right, the most right, part right. to stay on. <laughs> and therefore, if someone is going yes. off, there's typically a trauma that is happening yeah, you're, that has you're agreeing with us. You're agreeing with us because I think that social conditioning of being raised from is a much stronger bond than most people don't have the strength of character yes. to... To yes. be a yachid and say, my Forget whole emotional state is based, all my whole sense of safety is, sense, is based in being this thing, happens to be, I don't think it's correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most people are, don't, aren't that yachid. Most people don't have that strength of character. But to say that there's that the, the, anyone who believes differently, it's they only, they just Jedi mind trick themselves into saying they don't believe a thing because really they're just traumatized is actually one of the most condescending like opinions it's something it's that pisses sounds. off this i'm not I, you're a great guy but this this is very <laughs> condescending because it it makes it sound like your thoughts aren't really real you've tricked yourself because you're hurt right how right, does that right, sound right. when in fact if you actually do some digging there is a pretty solid basis to believe many different things. There's a solid basis for Christianity. There's a solid basis no, for Buddhism. There's a lot of solid basis for everything. Well, label I'm not disagreeing with no, any of that. But if you have a good relationship from the stand from the beginning, you won't be searching for those other things. Right. Because even because, because, even because, if because, something's let's wrong, say you put everything equal on an equal pedestal, right? Yeah. You're not going to go searching for other things unless you, unless you are forced to. And the people that are forced to search for other things are the people that have induced. No, that's right. Why would you forced. go looking? It's not just that's for sure, but it's yeah. not just being forced. It's also that you, if you're happy, you're not going to leave something on the basis that something else might be correct. There's well, not a, well, nihilism is that. I'm just saying, yeah, it's yeah. not like it's, it's not, 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 not that it's correct. <laughs> again, my point is, is that there's. It's not like there's, in my opinion, a more clear path that makes more sense, religious path that makes more sense than. It, it's not like there's a more clear path 
not Judaism based and religious path that makes more sense than the path that they're already on. I mean, especially now when you start. If you sit down with if you sit down with Shlomo Sprung, whatever thing they came up with in their head, right, of why Judaism and Yiddishkeit is not accurate, Shlomo Sprung will give a very very strong argument as to why. They're wrong and it is very accurate. So they're looking for another right. one, likely because of trauma. And that's fine. That's it's not a problem. That's just okay. that's yeah. my opinion. Okay. I, I understand why people won't like what I just said, but No, I don't not like it. I don't not like it. I, I think I think that you're you're missing just one fundamental idea, which you might already know, but I do want to bring it to clear, because Zach was talking about it, but I think he left it half baked. It's not just about being a yachid. You, you have confirmation bias. Because every let's say you're forty, it's let's say you're forty five, and you spent the past forty five years, you know, shaking lulav and wrapping your hand in tefillin and davening three times a day and marrying a from woman and having kids and all of the fucking shit that comes with being a from person. You would to wake up one day when you're forty five years old and have a single philosophical thought. You are essentially saying that every single thing, decision, thought, and moment you spent was you essentially being stupid. Or, or just you you did not make the right decision. So it's not just about having the, the strength of character to do that. You have confirmation bias. And every year that goes by, you have an extra year of confirmation bias. So then they start looking for ways to justify it. If they do have a philosophical thought, like you said, they'll go to the rabbi who has the answers. Um, I think that's a very important point here because I think the people who go off the darach, it isn't just the trauma triggering it. Like, both, like we all said, I think sometimes the trauma, like, you know, is a little like an um, indicator telling you, See what else is out there. But that doesn't mean that people who go off the derech are a bunch of traumatized people that could sound um, condescending. But I do hop what you're saying, and fundamentally, yeah. I, I do agree. Here, th- bring I also, me, I just want to, I think we should jump off this topic. We've true. been at it for like Dude, 10, we 12 could, minutes. We go, yeah, we could be on yeah, this topic for a long time. We should sprung off this topic. Sorry. <laughs> By the way, like five, real quick to end of the topic, five minutes ago while this topic was happening, I was like, I was like, this is about to get into a hellfire. <laughs> I knew it. I, 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 I'm like, I know label, I know me, and I was trying to keep it inside because I haven't, oh, we have very similar views on this, totally but right. I, I, I was like, I'm not going to engage because I know that me and yeah. Zach, I, I didn't, by the way, I didn't think me and you or Label and you were going to get, I thought me and Zach were going to get into That's a funny. hellfire dispute because, really, me and because you. you're more, in my opinion, just to end this topic, you're more um, fiery about this than, in my opinion, just around this table than Rafi is. Like, you, yes. you're you you're much 100%. more fiery around this right now because you maybe, maybe because 100%. like you... I don't, I don't know exactly why, he, but just the way, your trauma. <laughs> the way you live your life now, you are fiery around this and yeah. like, and, and the way that people perceive certain things around whatever is going on I in different communities. I think we can all, we can all agree that in something that this pod is doing and it's, it's, it's a, there are still religious spaces that I like hanging out in and it's religious spaces that, but I have a better word I would just call therapized. Yeah. Like he's basically, once you go to enough therapy and you realize you have a certain emotional base, like you understand that we all have such convoluted and complicated reasons why we do anything. Yeah. And right. it takes a certain amount of seeing each other. And this is, if you would like to look at it this way, and sometimes I really do like to look at it this way, it's very godly of you. Oh, yeah. So meet someone eye to eye and say, I can't possibly untangle the web of all the reasons why you do what you do, but I'm going to try to see you for who you are and accept that you too are trying to be a good person, not sure. just for yourself, for but for sure, other for people. Sure. For sure. I, I just want to say, I don't think this, I, oh, I, I believe everyone's like, yeah. honestly, there are very few people that are bad people. Um, I really believe that. That's also yeah. a question. I, mean, I also think we have a duty yeah. to paint from very people few. in a good very light. Few. You True. know, like we, we shouldn't, uh, this is not supposed to be shitting on them at all. Like, you know, when I, when I get a good guy, I say good things about from people. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. I love also, that. Last one last thing that when I, I meet a guy, I spit on them in the face. Right. I think, I yeah. think it's beautiful. Also, I really like this conversation because I, I don't think there's these conversations exist with 
on a public format, which is it's going to be on YouTube, obviously. Mm-hmm. Between thank God they thank God thank you label for creating a podcast where these subject conversations can happen. Well, I'm serious. I think it's great. No, that it we're is very good. Both sides of the discussion. I think that's 100. Yeah. No, I just Absolutely. knew. I'm just going back. to I knew that it was going to get fiery, and I was like, I was like, are we? Should we stop? And should I? I was going to chime in and like. So, Rafi, what are you working on? Because <laughs> like, I knew it was about to get fiery. So, uh, Rafi, is God real? And are you... No, <laughs> no so... so you talk to me a minute? Could you go to the Waterbury thing for a minute? Because I... No, uh, no, 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 no. We are done. We are done. Leave it, leave it, leave it. We can talk, no, we can... Two-minute timer. Two-minute timer. Two-minute timer. You are... You were right. I am putting hey, on Siri. the phone. Hey, Siri. Set a timer for two minutes. Guys, we, we're going to have Robert okay. Kalish as our next guest. We have a two-minute timer right very, now. Very quickly, very quickly, the reason why I have a disdain toward Waterbury, I think Robert Kalish is a fantastic human being. I think the establishment does an overwhelming amount of good. It is not to say either of those things are not true. It's not a diss to okay, any your person Your disclaimer is for legal reasons, good. Now, <laughs> um, I think that Jewish yeshiva is a bucker factory. Your wife pumps out a baby, you send them out to yeshiva, and then either in 10 years you have a bucker or you don't. And so instead of going into that system and seeing where the problems are, they put a 9 by 13 where the water drips as a safety net, which are the schools of love. Why are there two extremes? Why is there this super culty right-wing yeshiva and then this crazy school of love where you're on a campus with 300 kids smoking drugs and Rebecca Kalish loves me? Why is it both of those extremes? Do you not see how Waterbury is essentially a 9 by 13 instead of looking at the actual leak? It's sitting there catching the drips. The safety net. Oh, this kid. Oh, wow. Oh, the, what, did, what did the yeshiva do to you? And then now that kid goes to a school of love. So what do you think the answer should be? Look inside the yeshiva and see why your kids are fucked up. You know, I maybe it's because it's too intense. I don't think anyone intense. disagrees with that. I don't think anyone yeah, that, disagrees I, with I have that. to say, I have to agree with label. I think that's, I think we all, all the people who love Waterbury know that Obviously, not thing, enough. You need the leak until you stop it. <laughs> the 9 by 13 you, I mean, is you dangerous. Need the, but you need the bucket for the leak until you stop the leak. The 9 by 13 is dangerous. If you were a landlord and you had a, a, a leak coming down and you called the plumber and he put, oh, a, nine, and he put, was, a, he put a bucket there and he never came back. Ten years later, there's still a bucket catching the water. He's saying no one ever looked at that leak. There's a fucking bucket there, so let the drips drop. They think it's a program. Good freaking point. Thank you. What happened to the kids? Okay, so let me... I'll bring it down. He's basically saying that if you're a landlord in an apartment, they're never fixing the never problem. Fixing the problem because there is a bucket there. I don't think that's true. They never will fix the problem. Th- yeah, you won't. can. You know how to label by educating the parents. The by educating the parents. What you're, what you're asking is a very idealistic and not realistic solution. That doesn't mean you, you should put it away. It means you should think about it creatively. That's a little. That's a little fatalistic, though, because look. Yeshivas do change. Ten years ago, it'd be kind of unheard of for a rush yeshiva to be like, "You're kind of sad. I think you should go to a therapist." Like maybe, maybe fifteen years yeah, ago. I hear a label saying, "There's no magic change. button." There's no magic. Well, button. We should take away Waterbury right now. No, no let's go. No, so I'm just saying. Like, so here's my suggestion. I'm not just talking shit. Actually, just the suggestion is educating the people. I think the parents assume I have a kid. I send them to one of the five yeshivas, and then I get a bacher. If I don't get a bacher, we'll deal with it when it happens. Why don't the parents understand more about what's happening in the yeshiva and how? Having Waterbury there as a feel safe is actually dangerous in a lot of ways. It's not a safety net, it's essentially a trap. To someone who is nihilistic, which is not myself in general, I'm just going on this thought experiment, I think it, it's seen as a trap. These kids are trying to almost escape the Judaism, and where they land up in is this, you know, bucket, for lack of a better term, which is Waterbury. I think educating the parents and also the kids on exactly how that program works, I think that will make the yeshivas. At the end of the day, anyone who goes to yeshiva, they're a client of the yeshiva. I think just People understanding this problem is, is step one. 
I, okay, there's many things that I have to say on this. Yeah. The, I don't want to get too far into it, but I, again, we have a timer. We have a timer. We have a timer. Timer. We still timer. Have, we went over like the five minutes. We ever got in a conversation guys, with label guys, around these things. The label? last thing I would we say. Gotta, the last we thing. We gotta I, go back to music. No, let me just hear his thoughts. <laughs> the last thing I would say on oh, this well. is we'll that, get the homosexuality. I, <laughs> that I don't think the yeshiva. I think yeshiva has problems. I don't think the yeshiva system is the problem that really needs to be fixed. I really don't. I think it's it, it all goes back to the home. I always say that. Yeah, I don't think it's the yeshiva system. So parents need to be educated. Yes, correct. That, that's I, I think part of it. People need to have. If you look at Waterbury, most of the kids that go there have totally dysfunctional homes and yeah. bad. They come from dysfunctional so do, parents. So do a lot of kids in the yeshiva that end up being rabbis. Okay. So do they. It, it Again, goes it both has ways. Its problems. I'm it not saying it doesn't have its problems. Anyways, moving on. Wait, wait. I, um, I was just gonna say you go into homosexuality. Are we gonna yes. ask when did you become gay and when did you just, when <laughs> sure? Did, so so like, not when did you become gay? When did you define? I don't know how this shit works. Come when out. did you? When did you come out? Number That's one. When? No, no. There's none. <laughs> when did you become? When did you? He when, means when, well. <laughs> I mean well. <laughs> when did you? When did you come out? When and, did the gay get and, on you? And, <laughs> <laughs> when did the gay spider sick on you and pee on you? No, it's no. When did you come out? And when did you like for yourself? Did you, like realize. Were, realize where you realized when you were like a five year old? Did you realize? There you go. Right. So honestly, this one ties into Judaism a lot, and I'm, I'm glad you brought it up. There's a lot to say there. So my opinions on this are: I don't think that the sky ever came out as blue. My blood type is B positive. I never came out of the closet as oh, I'm a B positive. I think that the whole concept of coming out or being hidden. Is just a product of stupidity and stigma. And so I never came out. I don't think there was ever a consistent point in my life where I was walking around telling people like, yo, I fuck mad bitches. Ew, ugh, gay people. No, that I, I, there was never a point in my life. And in yeshiva, part of why I got into trouble was because when people asked me if I was gay, I said, yes, I am. And so even there was a point where um, the rabbis didn't like that people were talking about my homosexuality. And they told me that I should put my hands in my pockets because as, as a homosexual, just as an expressive person, sometimes my hands move a lot when I talk. They were like, what if you put your hands in your pockets so people don't call you gay? You know, so... Hold on, did you hear that people called you gay? It, it was not fun in the moment because a lot of them had derogatory, derogatory elements to them, but there were a lot of gay kids in yeshiva that did go around saying, I fuck mad bitches. And in a lot of ways, I looked at myself, um, I'm putting myself on a pedestal, but I saw myself almost like it's like a light tower because I was sort of like a hub where kids can... Um, feel safe. Uh, feel safe to not, like, be honest. Yeah. Not everyone has that confidence like to just as a... I guess maybe you're saying because your father was very open-minded and we grew up like, how you did you have that confidence? Also, like, let's give Roger some credit. Just no, I'm going to give you credit. Extraordinarily confident. No, but like, first person. of all, you are based on just being a 12-year-old and doing what you were doing with music and everything. Obviously, you're a very confident human being. You're 20 years old and you're running music production for most <laughs> of like the Jewish, you know? But like... Most people that are 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 years old don't have the confidence just to be like, I'm gay. Well, Fuck it, bitches. I'm gay. It helped. It helped that I had other gay people at home. I was not the mm. only gay person mm, right. at home. Right. And also, I, was, I, I, feel, I feel like I was kind of liberated from a young age. I did have a brother. My brother, Ellie, was like so like supportive. All the stupid shit that went through my head. I used to cross-dress a lot and like put like shmatas on my head, pretend it was long hair and like... He was always like clapping. I'm like, he, you know, I, I I give him a lot of credit for that. He was he was definitely he was also like just a smart person. So he always had you had a supportive figure. That's a that's a major difference. Most people that are, mm-hmm. I would say, most Wait, people. He, he was not out of the closet at that time. I should mention. Got I it. came out of the closet before he did. But you just said that there was no such thing as coming out of the closet for you. Okay, what I mean is that I, he he came out of the closet. So okay, by virtue so of that, I was out yeah. before him. I like you know? what you said. He about was a secret for the larger part of his life. 
For me, it was right. not. So a secret. You were never, you were never a secret at the end of the day. But from yeah. this, from the second that you hit your puberty yeah. and you were, you know, a sexual horny, person. your sexual person. I knew, I knew pretty early on. I understood that gay men someone's attracted to people, and like when you're twelve, you don't even understand what the word attraction means. But you have thoughts in your brain, and you kind of put different things together. And like you hear other people talking about girls, and I'm like, huh, what? Like I was not living for that. At Did all. you have it about guys at that same age? Like guys. Sure, were- I will tell you. I mean, I don't know if I can talk about this on the podcast, but I, um, I definitely experienced, um, I guess puberty in this way quite young. I experienced sexual urges quite young. Okay, um, and those were for men. For men, yeah. Got it. Okay. At that time, it was my peers. You know, the, the, the boys right. who are my age. Um, I definitely uh, experienced those. I never had people talk about these, like, you know, they're like gay yeshiva stories. I never experienced that because I was always, I was not sexually liberated. I knew that I was different and I felt isolated because of that. And so I always like, you know, just kind of suppressed any sexuality, <clears throat> you know, in, in terms of actually doing it, in terms of talking about it right? Um, for, for the for larger part of that. But there's a lot of, Ju- there's a lot of homosexuality in Judaism and it manifests in some, in some pretty interesting. What, what kind of oh, ways? Oh, it's fine, yeah. Well, the first thing is that people underestimate how many gay people there are, and it's impossible to get a, a, a normal poll, you know, because of the stigma. No one's, not enough people are ever going to be fully honest, and also a lot of people change back and forth. People have fluidity. I personally mm-hmm. don't experience that, um, <clears throat> but there, you don't realize how many people in the film community are actually gay. There's an app called Grinder, where it's like a kind of download app where you go on it. It shows the people who are closest to you in proximity. It is a gay sex app. And it's Tinder for it is not, not Tinder. It's Tinder it on steroids. Tinder. Tinder is like, oh, swipe. There's no swiping. They show you the people who are close to you. It says maybe 150 feet away, 200 feet away. And they're just profiles. You hit them up and you say, like, looking for now. And they're like, yeah. Oh, you don't post. have to swipe right or left. You can just hit people up. You just hit people up and they're close to you. God, I wish Tinder it's, was it's, like it's, that. It's, that's crazy. You just hear That's like going, you know just why? walking into a bar is being like, yo. You know why? <laughs> without, and without any filter. That is how homosexuality is in a lot of ways. Right. I was going to say that. Uh, so, everyone says the reason why it's probably like that on Grindr is because they're not very horny. By the way, there's more to say on that. But to this point, there's a lot of. From people, I'm talking about married people, rabbis, doctors, people I've known in my childhood. The amount of from people on Grinder that I encounter on a daily basis would would alarm you. And a lot time of them out. are time out. There are rabbis that you know that that are on Grinder. Yes, bro. This is bro. Wow. This is good content. <laughs> Whoa. Stop. Like real. Like legit. Like black hat people. They're Hasidim. There's a Hasidim. No, Hasidish, uh, that doesn't mean anything to me. A rabbi. That's that's yeah 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 yeah. yeah. There's like. Full, full rabbis, people in the community, people who have wives and kids, and a lot of them are very sexually suppressed because not only don't they get to express their sexuality, they don't get to express any, like, let off at all. And so they're willing to pay money and it has to be a big secret and, like, they'll settle for very little. Like, a lot of them have trauma, like, so they, they, they won't do certain things, but they'll, like, pay you for pictures. Here's um, my question. Do you... <laughs> gay uh, feet pics like, on, is, like, a on, big thing in the rabbi, in, like, the rabbi <laughs> On Grinder, right? <laughs> is the, do people show their faces? So some people show their faces. Some people don't. A lot of people don't. What you could do is after you talk to someone, oh, there's you no, could send them so you could see. There's so, no profile. Like, like there's no profile photo. You have to ask for it unless they put one up. I put one up because I'm like Christ. You want to see what I look like? I mean, if you have any standards, you put one up. Yeah. You know what I mean, but people who are like hiding so in the closet. Interesting. 
They don't want people to uh, know. So also, you know, the amount of yeah. like... I game, mean, a, a rabbi is not going to put his picture up with that him in a black hat and, and a Gemara. <laughs> that would be unbelievable. You have a guy although, like, although, looking for other guys' you guys, rivals. You guys are laughing at it, but I swear to you, there is. I've seen Chassim Kal. I've seen pictures under the chuppah sent to me. I've seen pictures oh with foreign shranks in the background. You know, there's a famous scene in Unorthodox where they put on a cap and he puts his face underneath it and he goes, how'd they want to know I am Jewish? It's, it's literally exactly that. They're all like... like you see, like wow. sperm shots. It's so funny a and so sad at the it, same time. It, it's, it's, it's. I am flabbergasted. So, but Dan, that, that's the main. The main point is that there are way more gay from people. That's than you for think sure. There are way more, and they act on it. And what I learned also, connecting with a few people from yeshiva a couple of years later, there was some gay action going on in yeshiva I didn't know about at the time. A lot more people have at least experimented. Um, the point is that there's way more homosexuality is way more prevalent than you think it is. So now the question is, when you grow up from. There's only really one of three things that can happen. Either you could be that 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 old guy, um, you know, who's not married and he believes in Hashem, and you know, you, you run out of shul by Elenu because you know he's going to ask you to come home for the meal. Like you, it, it's it's that guy who's in the community, whatever. He's single, you know. Right. And people wonder why he's single. They wonder if he's special needs. I looked at myself when I was younger. I'm like, I don't need that life for myself. I have um, dignity, so I I I canceled that out. Or what you could do. You can go ahead no and marry a, uh, a from girl, and you don't tell her. You have your needs met. You have nothing nice. My rabbi gave me a hatter. I had had people in Granite tell me the rabbi gave them a hatter. So you know you have you have your nice. You marry a girl. Either you tell her, and it's a whole chaotic situation, or you don't tell her, and it's unfair. You could, way, get, time out. you could get a hatter. Is that such a thing? Rabbis say lots of weird shit. Okay. Okay. The rabbi's job is to keep as many people in the tribe and look like they're in the boom. Tribe. That's true? Yeah, of course. Oh, look who's playing fast and loose with halacha now. Listen, eh? as long as you're wearing <laughs> no, a hat, as long as you're wearing a hat and jacket, you have kids, you have a family, you have a Shabbos, then you know whatever, you have your nice. I'm not not I'm not chasrashal, I'm judgmental. You have your nice. You have your nice. At least they're not judgmental. So 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 what's the first thing important to know, like I said, is that a lot of people are like it. And secondly, the, the, the next so I thought for myself I could never go marry a woman. And not tell her, and, and I had a rev, you told me, what do you mean, why not? I said, can I marry your daughter? And of, of course, suddenly it switches. You would never give your daughter anyone who thinks, why not? Because marry a woman, you could do it, whatever, you'll make it happen. You know, if you wouldn't give your daughter to a guy who says he's gay, then don't tell gay oh. people to marry a woman. And I've said this to rabbis, and, and they've never given me a good answer. So the last option is you you realize, if you have still have from beliefs, oh, listen, so, yeah. mm-hmm, I, 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 I'm going to... You know, I'm a firm person. I believe in God. I do what I do. I'm going to go up to heaven with 612 mitzvahs and a very good excuse. And I, I stand by that. For me, my atheism has nothing to do with my homosexuality. It is a completely separate equation. Oh, you're atheist? Yeah. I, okay. Uh, no, I didn't even... Now let's, right. I didn't know that. He's making a good point. He's, no, but he's I dichotomizing them. Got it. No, so, I didn't know that. That's now what's important to know that. about Jewish homosexuality. Got it. So I have a question. Dovetailing with these two things. I don't know when you when you first started doubting God, but I'm. It sounds like you were really like gay and open, and at least open about it, and to a certain extent, maybe not proud. I don't know, but like you were you were okay with it and knew who you were from a long age. Did you have years where that overlapped with from beliefs? And if so, how yeah. did you feel about? This is a pretty personal question, but how did you feel about God and in like in in regards to that? I was like, holy shit, I'm fucked. <laughs> I was like, oh no, what is, I, I generally say, like, what does Hashem want me to do? And here's the thing, yeah. I went to dozens of rabbis. I drove around town, I met with my wife, I Mizrahi, I drove around town, um, Rebecca, I sat there and I, I walked into each one of them and I asked them these questions. Moshe Fagan was amazing, he, he's mm. awesome. I, I asked them these questions and 
they all give me different answers. Some of them were like, but what do you mean, a wife? You know, some of them say you need to, you know, you need to go to conversion therapy. Or mainly the Chabad rabbis were like, listen, I get it. It sucks. Just know you're normal. There's no, there's no point point on the board, yeah, the board for Chabad again. Yeah, by the way, that, yeah, yeah. that sounds like a Chabad take in any, like, it doesn't veer away from anything. That They're always open-minded in yeah. general around, like, people and their individuality. Episode, just on the things Chabad gets right. 100%. I'm not saying they're not. <laughs> so, well, and, and label, will, label will be the devil's advocate to tell you all the things that Chabad gets wrong. <laughs> no, I have no problem. No, I, 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 no, label I, loves Chabad. We're talking, but, there, but there is twofold. They, uh, Everything, look, everything has pros and cons. Exactly. That's the way it is. Tuck your right. damn yeah. shirts in. Come yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. The, yeshiva, the yeshiva belt has, has pros and cons. The modern orthodox belt has pros and cons. Everything has pros and cons. Chabad has pros and cons, too. But right. I'm just when, saying, this is a common occurrence that people are like, yeah, but Chabad rabbis get it. For sure. They just get a lot of things 100%. on the emotional, how to deal with people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Better. There's yeah, one yeah, guy, yeah. I'll say this right now. There's one guy. We mentioned um, them already. Yeah. Chabad. He is, yeah, love he, him, yeah. I love him, and he's a Chabad, and he's... Let's get him on board. I, I love sure, him. He's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. We'll, we'll cut this clip and send it to him. Yeah. Damn. He would love it. Yeah. yeah. Shays, so please come on. This. Here's my question. Did you, when you were at Zucker's, right, mm-hmm. high school, 9th to 10th grade, you already knew you were gay at that point, Oh, right? yes. Okay. Did they, did they keep you around while, did they, they knew you were gay at the time? Yes, I was and, pretty open. And they let you... Do you think the reason why they asked you to leave was because you were gay and it was getting out of control for them? Yes and no. A lot of it was a lot of dissonance. A lot of people were talking about it, and that made me uncomfortable. And I, I went to tell the rabbis. One of them was like, no, you're totally not. And my mother was like, you're totally not. Do you want me to Google what it means? And I was like, eh, I hooked up with a guy last night. You know what I mean? So he was canceled for me right away. And then I, I, oh, oh, oh here, here, here's what I want to talk about. There's no, a guy, I don't know if you know he was a That's the way I will say the uh, By the way, I, I don't know who that guy is, but there's so many chuz in there. <laughs> he was my 10th grade. Oh, grandparents. his grandparents in Europe used to handle fruchts. Yeah, yeah, these yeah. are rich people. Anyway, <laughs> very, the biggest green. Oh. Yeah. I knew I knew the... Okay, uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah, go on, go on. So he was my rabbi, and, and he was he's great with humans. He's a fabulous talker. He's very empathetic. He understands life and humans well. And so I trusted him. We had a long conversation. He took me out to pizza, and uh, we, we spoke. The classic Rebbe move. Classic <laughs> you out to pizza. Now I, I told him. Did he I go to the bathroom with you? <laughs> I told him everything. The thick and the thin. Now, here's the thing. I had a... a, a, a <laughs> I've been holding myself back because we've had a great conversation. I've been holding myself back for like an hour and ten minutes from sex jokes because you know me. Like also, I bad. love making these types of jokes. Like, me and Shmuley are such good friends. We instantly just turn around and we <laughs> you know, you know. I've been stopped for an hour and ten minutes because I know that like we can just start making tons of jokes. I'm like, no, we're gonna make this pot a good we're gonna make this pot a good pot. Exactly. And I'm like, but this is my one time. Like I, I need I think this. there needs to be more dick jokes on the pot personally. <laughs> This laugh. Robin, go on. So I told him I told him all the stuff. And then essentially I had a very, very, very nice job in Kent Mars. So I was getting paid nicely. And I worked with kindergarten kids. Um I was I was essentially a bunk leader and I was together with my friend Joe Stiller. And essentially my friend Taylor, he's synonymous with 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 Kent Mars. And he was a big part of like how the administration there works in terms of getting the job. It was his job to like deal with people getting the job. And so in the beginning of the year, I was honest with him. We had all these conversations. We spoke about it. He told me you would help me. He said he doesn't judge me. He said, Arathi, I still love you. And then what he did was, as the year came to an end, I told him, like, oh, I'm assuming I'm having my job again. 
He's like, well, listen, I, I, learned, I learned this year that, that you're gay. Like, I don't trust you around the kids. And so that really got that yeah. cut deep for me. I was like, well, what do you mean? I'm not attracted to children. I'm just homosexual. Um, and he's like, I, I, would, I would put my son in your bunk, but I, I can't take the risk. So I really wanted this job. I told him, like, listen, what, what can I possibly do? So he gave me this phone number to this sketchy-ass conversion therapist. And my father, I, couldn't, I didn't tell my father why. He drove me back into Flatbush. This was upstate. And he drove me back into Flatbush. I met with this guy in Borough Park. Upstairs, no, like, it's not an office. It was like an attic of, like, an old um, Borough Park complex. Mm. And this guy just sat there asking me, like, invasive questions about, like, my sexual interests and whatnot. Like, I, like, like very invasive stuff. Like, looking back, he was probably like, what else do you like? Yeah, you know, I was, I was, I was, that's literally what my mind went to, yeah. 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 I was very, thinking the exact same very thing. Very invasive, on. very invasive questions, and I was honest. And then at the end, Asked you left. for feed pics at the end of the session? Ha, <laughs> So eventually I left, and then Rabbi Fuchtal and I said, like, okay, where's the document? I was like, what do you mean, what document? You need to sign a document that you're not going to rape any kids. Ouch. And I was, I, I that what? was, I realized that this guy, and I have to tell you, know, I, have the, I have everything. I, I was I was I was flabbergasted, obviously. So that went. I understand. You told me that he's super empathetic and people's right. person. So, so clearly he, not. He he. I felt betrayed at the time because yeah, of course. he was so kind to me. And he told me I love you, and he, he would take care of me and invite me over for Shabbos. And then he, he backstabbed me in, in this crazy way. I was like, I mean, you know, judging for it, but it a little bit. I don't know the numbers, but like maybe I'm not like. Are gay people more pedophiles than Actually, no. gay there people? Like, I don't like that. Are, there like, I, but not just that. Where, not like, where does it come from? Right. He's, right. he's jumping conclusions. Was like, yeah. He's jumping conclusions. Like, like, if it's one thing that he wouldn't want you teaching other kids like about homosexuality, I'm like, if he wants to like somehow convince in his brain that you're mm-hmm. putting in thoughts into people's things that's Head, a, a, right. against their, you know, agenda, fine. But like the thought of pedophilia, like, why is it? Does that, pedophilia have anything to do with Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, what's it have to do with? Like, Because so uh, I mean, they don't it know. An they're uneducated. No, but they're uneducated. It's not but what's it have to do with, with I'm saying, design. you say, you know, like, what's it have to do with being gay or not gay? It's like, it's, From it's, people have that kind of dogma because they're not educated and they were told it's bad. And so, um, actually, there is a statistic. There are four categories that any, um, you know, pedophilia or, like, child rape case can go down in. Either you could have um, an adult man who abuses a young girl, or you could have an adult woman who abuses a young boy, or you could have a boy who abuses a boy and a girl who abuses a boy. The Out of the four of them, the one who has the least documented cases are adult man on child man. So the whole the whole thought of putting them together is completely I, bullshit. What I'm just trying to understand, and maybe you were answering this before, but what does, to me, pedophilia is a totally separate thing. Yeah, like the, odds saying. Of, the odds of, of pedophilia people. happening is the same with a woman. It's about that's deviance. That's what saying. That's what we're saying. That's what we're saying. It makes A, a lot of from people are not educated, and so they think anyone who is deviant men. is very extremely deviant. Right. It's not just deviant. It's a different, it's a, someone who's a pedophile. They're uneducated. No, they, they think uneducated. that anyone that is is not like Into them. women. Someone that's not like them, and because in the Jewish world it's demonized to be, or it's a stigma to be anything but straight, right? So therefore, now we're equating all the things that are "quote unquote" bad in society. Yeah, right? I, I do want to make a point, and I think you'd agree to me. Uh, this is obviously not true for everyone. I would, in my experience, homosexuality hasn't been demonized; it's been stigmatized. Those are two different to things. To be fair, we grew up quite differently. We did grow up different. I didn't think. I thank God every single day <laughs> that I did not grow up in Flatbush from. Grew up in out of town, but in the Chavetz Chaim, like in that world, 
there's a stigma that's going to come along with like the fact that most halakhic Jews believe that it's against halakha, but demonize, it's it not demonized in a lot of... It's only interpersonal in, in the yeshiva. That's what I was going to say. For when, how we grew up, it was, it was stigmatized. But I think Can you explain the difference? Up, stigmatized is that... Stigma is like, yeah, oh, ahead. that's not... A stigma is like, listen, that's that's against halakha. You're the not going to really need a lot of them. Right. It's the Torah says. Demonized is like, they're evil. They lurk amongst us. It's, it's like, horrible. I hate you. I hate you. But it's where gross. is it demonized? In, oh, <laughs> in Yeshiva, it is it's, in Ar Yisrael on Avenue P. It's you know, from the Rebbeim, though? From the Rebbeim down? Of course. No, it's stigma. Well, they think you're a bad demon. person? They think you're evil? Qu- quite literally, yes. Wow. They, they literally say, you are disgusting. We literally had you sharing. Like, these disgusting gay people. It's a maneuvel. It's a maneuvel. But that's different than being you, demonized. You know, it's a, what's that's the word? That is literally, no, that's, stig- that is no. demonized. Stigmatize is like... Stigmatize is not uh, no. personal. Stigmatize... Stigma is more passive. Right. Stigmatize is... I would say like people going to rehab. That's stigma. It's stigmatized. Like people going to rehab is stigmatized. But you're not a bad. You're not a bad person. You just right, go right, through struggles, right, and I don't right. want those okay, struggles. You went to rehab. Right. You sick fuck. Exactly. Right, right, right. It's different. Right, it's right. different. It's okay. more like you went to rehab. I, I, I like I have a sympathy for right. you or something. And then there's you went to rehab. You're you're a fucking uh, right, yeah, right, right. You're messed up. Different. You're I mean, So back to the time. Wait, I want to say something real quick. Mm-hmm. I always found it very telling. When I was in yeshiva and I like first started like arguing stuff, I found it very telling that all of a sudden around the gay thing, uh, guys in yeshiva, not even the again the rabbin really weren't so involved in these conversations in chavetz chaim. Thank God, I think they're much more normal than, than what you grew up with. But like, like the guys, there would always be guys would be like arguing, like, "What do you mean? It's manovel? It's, it's an abomination?" I was like, "Abomination." Like, like that. it's that's weird all, because though. That, because that's what it's Torah. But I'm like, it's weird because lashon hara is so bad. And like, I, you never hear a guy who's like, "Yeah, that guy's such a lashon hara." Like. It kills your boner. Just admit the truth, which is that you just think it's it, 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 it's not what gets you off, and therefore it's weird. It's called judgmental. Just be yeah, open about that. You don't all of a sudden take up the gauntlet of God. No, God hates... Relax. God hates a lot of things that you don't care about. This just kills your boner. Lush and Heart doesn't kill your boner, so yeah. be open fast. about it. Yeah, so what's the, the reason that, what's the reason you think that it has such a strong demonization as, as opposed Zach's to... fiery right as now. Opposed, Zach gets uh, fiery no, you make These are all the things I wanted to tell guys when I was in Shiva, and I didn't. Hold on one second. So what's the thing, reason that you think it has so much stronger demonization a few than, special than, than Lush let's and Heart? Let's ask the rest of the game. A few special reasons. The first special reason is because a lot of people um, are gay but are insecure, and so homophobia becomes more and more manifested because uh, now it becomes among your peers. Becomes becomes among your peers. Okay. I don't think that's the reason, but yeah, go and, on. I, I said a few special right. reasons. Okay. Another special reason is that sex in general is taboo. Mm. And the third reason is that if someone is not two, gay, is not gay, then they can't relate to it. And if they're judgmental, anything you can't relate to is not normal. And if you are gay and you need to compensate for it by being extra homophobic, I'm not saying that everyone who's homophobic is gay. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that if you are not gay, then you can't relate. And if you are gay, but you feel the need to hide it, you have extra insecurity, which very often manifests into big homophobic. I've had people in yeshiva who were so homophobic to me, who bothered me every single day, and now are hitting me up, you know, years later, asking me to have sex with them. That is something wow. I've personally experienced. No, that's so, that's terrible. I was okay. Wild. Someone who's homophobic I, and is making it's wild. There's got to be a way to get back. I'm just thinking revenge. There's got to be yeah, a way to get back. Be a way that you can just like. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I don't judge them. I don't judge them. them. I know what they, I know what they were going through. Um, I don't judge right. them at all. You're yeah, a better yeah. person than we are. Right. He actually <laughs> understands. He actually understands what they were going through. I mean, obviously, there's no. That's very sad. It's not. That's terrible thing, obviously. But um, I, I do think that there's a part in this. I, I don't know how long I would have to ask some other people, but I do think there's a part with how the Torah talks about yeah. it that that definitely. 
um, contributes to this. I believe I, the Torah calls 12 things at different points an abomination. No, it the doesn't. Only, yes, That's it does. That's not true. That's yep. in, no, it doesn't. It's the only place in the Torah calls something an abomination. Not, it's not. It's, it's not, not true. It's not. What's not? It's not true. Uh, specifically, uh, by two things, by anger. Anger's a teva and also Belashanhar's a teva. Really? Okay. Maybe okay, I'm wrong. Yeah, maybe what I was quoting was more like the 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 sfarm, like after the, the Torah. Right, but that's that's my point. No, in but the he's, Torah, saying, it says he's it. saying in the Torah, there's two other things. I, I believe as much. I I don't don't. I, I am going to find after. out about that. If we had a Jamie, we would know. Even God if it is the only thing. You know what else? So like, fuck, an old ancient book says, you know, the word teva. People read it. You know what else that old ancient book says? It says lots of things, but this is one thing that it just takes super literally. Yeah, no, it's, I think the reason why it's taken so seriously is because of this fact. You're saying it's in two other places. I remember hearing that yeah. it is the only thing. You know what else, by the way? Bestiality, bestiality doesn't get a teva, which is so crazy to me. Because, like, right. I mean, if I was a dogmatic Jewish person, like, wh which one is worse? Right. Can we be honest? Also, you know, what else, you know what else is not a teva, by the way? If you cheat um, with your friends. Well, wife. it does say you're supposed to feed the animals first. I mean, that is. Oh, oh, that's fact. There is ish. I mean, it's a very, very yeah, serious. That's not a teva. So, so you think that two consensual people is less disgusting than cheating with your Like, to me, that was just right away a big red flag. Interesting. I hear, I hear. I don't want to get into all the. Totally, totally. We should not get into Torah, Dickus, and Man. No, I actually, I, I want to. This, this might come out of left field, but like, just in general. Gay people that I've come around in general, you have the flamboyant ones. I'm, I'm going straight for it, right, man? Wait, did, talk, no, talk. gay people I've come around. You have the flamboyant ones. You have the people that are just they're gay. And to me, I've always said, like, I, I'm telling you, like, I, I've always said this. I have zero problem in any way how people live their lives. My always issue in general, and it can be from a person that's gay to a person that's like a super sexual person that's straight. If they're putting it in front of your face, in front of your face consistently, it's like, do you find for yourself because meeting you for an hour and a half right now, right? You're just a normal dude that right. I'm gay, like big fucking whip. Like it wouldn't even cross my mind next time I meet you. It doesn't make a difference to me. Right. Like 100%. do you find that like the people that you meet in the Jewish community, I'm not because I'm going to say straight in the Jewish community are more like you, or do you find that they have to, that, that they have to separate themselves and that separation sometimes gets misconstrued by other people. Um, some and some. Are you talking about the gay people? Could you just elaborate on your yeah, question? Yeah, you know, gay people in general. I'm saying gay people in the Jewish community. I'm so not you're asking sure. whether or not gay people in the Jewish community are very flamboyant versus just being well, normal. Right, right, um, right, right, right. But here's the thing. In general. And do you think the flamboyancy, uh, you're a gay guy. Do you think the flamboyancy is a expression of suppression from from like when you were younger and now I have to get it all out? Or do you think like it's just their personality? Okay, that's a whole separate thing, which I can also address. Firstly, regarding the, the, the whole rubbing it in my face thing, I think that people love hack in general. Whenever someone comes out that someone's gay, everyone's forwarding it, putting it on chats, people talking about me on chats. I don't like that people come up to me and say, oh, I have nothing against gay people. Just don't rub it in my face. Bitch, you rubbed it in your own face. Why are you sending it? Why are you talking about me? You know what I mean? I think however people choose to express themselves, whether they use their hands a lot or wear earrings, like anyone who has a job doesn't care. And so when people say you're rubbing it in my face, you're rubbing it in your own face. You know what I'm saying? You're the one talking about it and, and, and sending it around. When, at least for me, when I was in remember when Leah Forster, she got outed, right? She was outed. By who? Someone filmed her dancing in a club and she was married to a guy at the time. You should have her on the podcast. Anyway, she, <clears throat> everyone started sending it around to chats and talking about it like, and then it's like, oh, she's rubbing it in our face. I no, was saying, I I was saying more on one-on-one -on -one interactions. Yeah, I also, I wasn't on. saying it, I, I guess like, I because I'm not a hawker. So like in general, I'm not fordering things. Do you mean in that, terms like the practical flamboyancy? The, the, the practical flamboyancy versus just like, to me, when I meet you right now, I, b besides for like 
a couple, like, just ju- just from him telling me that you're gay, right. I wouldn't know yes, it. Exactly. I wouldn't know it from you sitting here, right? Exactly. You're just gay. Like, I would not know it. So I'm going to talk out of my ass a little bit right now, and I, I could be totally wrong, but I, I have a strong conviction about this. I feel like every person has who they are at their core, and then they also have how they want to be perceived tied with however pretentious or, or, or performative they get in front around other people. For example, I'm, I'm talking out of my ass. A straight person uh, might be more bro-y uh, when he's meeting new people, he he might be, you know, he might take his straightness and, for lack of a better term, or what is at his core, and that manifests in certain ways. They they say bro more times in a sentence when you meet someone. I don't know if you ever noticed that. A lot of straight people will 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 <clears throat> the way you act around someone new or like when you're put on a pedestal in front of other people. There's a little bit. It's your core is still there, but you you become a little bit more performative. But your direction is broy, which is normal. For gay people, when I meet new people, sometimes I get ditzy. Sometimes I'm like, oh my God, that's like totally crazy. Like sometimes I'm like, I really talk like this sometimes. Like I really do it sometimes. Like there are times where I do that. At my core, I'm that, but a lot less. When I meet people, the way I get performative is in that way. So I don't get why people think it's a thing. It's so performative only when gay people do it. I think straight people and everyone does it in their own way based on how they want to be perceived. Hold on. I've been around gay people that I think the level of flamboyance Shmuley is referring to is even more than the guy who's like bro, right? No. I've been around I'll say it better. The guy that's a bro that is flamboyantly bro, the Chads get the names. <laughs> You're a Chad. You're a fucking Chad. No one wants to be around a Chad. No one wants to be around a person that's like the 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 dick fraternity guy throughout his entire life, right? When you're 20 years old, it's fine. When you're 18 right. years old, but like, but then when you're Chad at 32 years old, and you're like, yo, bro, I lift at the gym. What the fuck is up, man? That's yo, okay. you want to crush that's a so beer? Oh. Right. Like, that's that's like, awesome. you know what I'm saying? Like, they eventually, it's like, bro, bro, stop being a Chad so hard. Like, yeah, I, you, I, like, I was, like that's okay. an, it, it comes out of in, yeah, yeah. Then stop so being a fat so hard. Ago, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> So that's what I'm saying. I'm saying, like, do you find that people are more in, I guess, like the ratio, the ratio, or do you think it's just the normal, uh, normal amongst everything? I think people exaggerate everything always, even when you talk about it and even when they do it. I think as long as you're not hurting someone, who the fuck cares? And if you find their flamboyancy annoying, then just don't fucking talk to them. You know, like if the Chad is allowed to be Chad for as long as he wants right. to be Chad, I don't think it's a problem with with. with it's more like where it's coming thinking from. Thinking someone's uh, right. That's what I was saying about the whole core thing. You know, but I have a lot of gay friends, uh, quite a lot of gay friends, um, tons of gay friends actually. I would imagine. And um, they, um, they, uh, not all of them are all you know crazy in your face. There's a time and place, right. by the way, when we go clubbing. Suddenly the light switch turns on. We're like, oh, oh my god, that is so crazy. One hundred percent. It's <laughs> like mean? okay, so for me, what I'm saying, like, is thing? when I love this guy. Yeah, I love like I love <laughs> you. Like when 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 for me, it's like when Chad's doing it at 32 years old. Okay, so if you're at a baseball game, you've had four beers, go be Chad. But don't be Chad everywhere, like when you're 32 years old. At some point, it's coming out of a place of insecurity yeah. that you have to be that guy. Yeah, that, yeah sure. You know that what I'm saying? That is absolutely so, and utterly so my, correct. So my thing is, is like the flamboyancy of the gay uh, of, of gay people when they're like just walking around the mall or like they're literally just walking around the street or doing it. To me, like I will say this, and it could be judgmental, I think it comes from a place of insecurity. Now, if it's in a space where you're... Gay, like where your performative comes out, that's different. But to do it at, at all times is a, like if Chad's doing it at all times. If he's in the I grocery, feel like you're saying store, a lot of words to, to 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 basically just say your point, which is that you think that yeah. there's a lot of adult, older gay men that might have some insecurity. To yeah. Which I would say, yeah, no fucking shit, they're gay yeah. in America. Yeah, of course. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely a fair point. And yeah. is it more prevalent in the Jews because it's more suppressed? Not right. necessarily. 
I think Got it. some of the gay Jews I met are some of the most philosophical people I've ever met in my life, frankly, because they've had to think about life on like two really crazy parameters. Yeah, that, I also that, think that, you said that, something. That, that I think you said something very important yeah. earlier, which is that like, unless you're hurting someone, like if, if if someone's flamboyancy, if someone's chadness, if someone's anything, oh for sure, you can just you know, decide. You, you, you can just decide not to. It's yeah, honestly, it's probably a lot of fun. I this is something that I like. I always think about all the time as like a creative person is there. Also, honestly, like. And this is why there's a lot of like the, the politics of like like the softer men versus toxic masculinity. Oh, gay men almost get a pass in society where like oh they're gay so he's allowed to be flamboyant. Sure. There's almost a certain allowed in straight culture. It's actually <laughs> looked down on for some. I mean, in some circles, to be super straight for men. Yeah. No, for men to be flamboyant. Oh, and when they're not when they're not gay in LA, yeah. What do you mean by flamboyant when they're not gay? Explain what that it means. Depends where the, where the norms are, where you are. Right. Could you just explain yeah. what that means to be flamboyant when they're not gay? Like there's a certain amount of like everyone from LA. No, no, it's be the opposite. Gay. That you're to, def, to have tons of femininity. Expressive. Yeah, or or just oh, be very cares, expressive. Though. Oh, got yeah. it. Right. No, I think a toxic masculinity has also stopped people from. It's a. It it has made people who are like let's say same straight as everyone else, but they happen to have a very, their performative is straight. Like very, yeah. their performative is Chad that they're looked down upon now because, Oh, it's toxic. Max Singley, or maybe they're, oh, right. or, meaning, meaning or, there's, there are very good. Or maybe bro-y they're just dudes. bro-y dudes. Like maybe yeah. he's just a super bro-y dude. My, it's not one toxic. Of, one of my favorite places to hang out on the internet are these like groups for like gym bros to like, but they're like, they're very progressive. Like they're very pro LGBTQ, whatever. But like, they're very broy in the shower, and they're very hey. hey. <laughs> but they're just like yo, you drop this king. Like, what are you lifting, bro? Like, I love that. I love like positive. Bro you get, it's a, definitely a vibe to get into. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah no, I was uh, I was at I was hanging out with someone gay uh, like three weeks ago. Can I just say I love you saying that? I love I love Nobody loves the gay community more <laughs> no, than me. I, I, I love the gays. I, 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 I've had a gay. I was hanging out with a few gay people, actually. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I actually, I'll have you know, I know several way. gay men. One second, he just went from, I hung out with one, I have no. several gay men that I know, they're flamboyant, the most flamboyant. They come on my back, we have a great time. Okay. okay. <laughs> It's the beat. They were Good. really, really nice guys. Like truly, like I, I would hang out with them again. But they were it, the but unfortunately they were gay. <laughs> was insane. It was like lipstick, makeup, like short. It was really, really intense. And I was just like, like I was a little caught off guard. They weren't like. Like well, you're said, uncomfortable. The label scene is that he accepts you now that you're presenting mostly straight, but if you were to ever act extra gay around him, he might not want to hang out with you again. How about this? No, no. Do you no. Know, I mean, there is a level. First He's all, saying if you were to act extra gay in I'm certain sorry, scenarios, he'd understand. No problem. No problem. No, no. I'll own it. I'll own it. Let me ask you a question. Is yeah. there a level of where you're making someone super or a lot of people super uncomfortable where you should be sensitive? It sounds like you were hanging out with several gay men and you were just this token straight there, maybe? No, no, no. In this case, let them act how they sensitive always. No, no, no. Hold on. I don't think it's a chiddish. Were they were they kissing you or they no, were just they, wearing a dress? That doesn't mean that I'm not you're not making other people super uncomfortable. Maybe that's it was it was either. most people. It was here's where I disagree. I, I think if you want to wear a fucking dress and lipstick and it's making other people uncomfortable, unless you're at a goddamn like family funeral, like keep wearing it. Like let them be uncomfortable. They can What's stay. What's wrong with family funeral? <laughs> yeah. Or maybe Honestly, maybe, is, one no, 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 I want to hear wait, this. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, what I was saying, okay. You can, first of all, if you're if you're if you are a trans or a crossdresser, you and you absolutely want you can definitely wear a dress to the funeral. I was saying don't come in like voguing into the funeral, but um, we're talking about like if you're allowed to express who you 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 want to be, even the pretentious part of you. 
I don't know. You're allowed to wear skinny jeans wherever you want. Like, why you got to be so Zach? Why do you have to wear like 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 a, a hipster hat? I don't know. Like, it's literally the same thing. It's just how we dress. It's just how they want to present themselves. What? Dude, do you have to carry the guitar with you everywhere we get it? You're a musician. We, yeah, no, like, I don't think you thing. have to walk around looking like you I don't do. No, but if thing. someone was being chatted every single right. moment, there would be, be like, dude, you're making me uncomfortable. Like, exactly. Stop don't chatting so much. Them. So don't, don't be, be friends with that. them. Don't hang out with them. Okay, yeah, no, for sure. I don't disagree with that. You know, that happens to be I was with a bunch of people. It, they were, they, I was with a bunch of people that were totally straight. They weren't the majority there. All right. They, was, they were the minority. Well, which they're normally going to be. Yeah. Right? Because even, like I like Shmoli said, I would never know Rafi is gay. Like, in Wait, a million, I want you to blow their minds because they definitely don't, I don't know if they, they probably know what drag is, but they don't know that you perform it and you should tell them because it's, <laughs> do you oh, guys know, know what drag, drag is? Wait, middle of the course. Uh, what's drag? Okay. Drag is essentially an art form. Um, it's a very old art form where essentially the way it started was um, in, in Shakespeare plays, people would not be able to, um, that no women performed. So only men performed. Eventually what it became and in, in nowadays, roughly, says so like tons of gay history squished into one sentence. Essentially, a lot of people, not only gay people, a lot of gay people, they have, there's this performance that happens in the gay clubs where it's like super exaggerated makeup, super exaggerated hair, super exaggerated outfits. And these people are some of the most talented people on the planet because um, not only do they sing, they dance, they sew dresses, uh, they, they literally do such a wide plethora of talents so well. That they perform it, they get hired for shows. In fact, um, um, a famous one, uh, like Trixie Mattel or Bianca Del Rio, have sold out huge theaters, um, yes. you know, at expensive tickets. So it's a it's a very popular art form. So essentially, what happens is in the gay clubs, you have these um, performers who they perform the art of drag, where they they have the the outfits, they put together the, the the fashion for it, they do the makeup for it, they do the hair for it, and they they lip sync, perform, dance, do stand up comedy. It is a huge thing. There's reality TV shows about it, kind of like AGT. Cool. Where they give out millions of dollars a year. Um, anyway, so I have indulged myself in the art of drag. I've performed um, at a gay club. What's your name? My name was Hajar, um, aka Hagar from the Torah. What? Um, wow. Yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> That's, I have so much to say on that. That's hilarious. So essentially, I you know I, I'd love to show you a picture or a video, but um, my name was I Abe. would love to no, see label watch that video. My name was my name was Abe after Avram Avino. <laughs> essentially, the songs I performed to. Um, funnily enough, I decided to sort of do a troll and I performed to Ut Ut by Miami Boys Choir. And um, I don't know if you remember. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Of course. So, oh, you guys, these guys were in the Yeshiva Boys Choir. Oh, yeah. Different crew, but yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. By the way, someone came that. over to me Did and literally. Not, I knew that about you, but I, I'm Him putting also, everything yeah. together. Yeah, oh, my yeah, God. Yeah. Someone came over to me and asked me, like, well, why are you not roasting Shmuley and Zach <laughs> for being on Yeshiva Boys We didn't choose it. Hey, you could life chose us. You could try You could try You guys know Dabit Aziza, right? No, no. Oh, he, he was probably in the New York one. It's <laughs> not the, not yeah. the original ones. <laughs> not the They're the knockoff. We're the OGs. Cleveland baby. <laughs> okay, Rafi. Um, we've talked. We've brought up a lot of like I would say fiery, good, important topics, and I I feel like I learned a lot. So I really appreciate that. But with all these interesting aspects about you, there's still the way I met you. The first thing I knew about you is the music. So I want to bring this back to music. You're a very busy man these days. You're actually famous amongst our f- little creative friend group as being kind of one of the more busier, just like <laughs> constantly putting stuff out. You really, you're, 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 you're a great manager of projects. Tell the people what you got going on right now. Oh, so right now I'm, I'm on a personal level, I'm working on getting two, two different EPs out. The Zach EP, I have four songs recorded with Zach. What's an EP? An EP is an album that's a small album. Okay. It's like a four song album. I have an EP with Zach and I have an EP with Erica. 
was just one talented bitch. She's, she's incredible. I did so much music with her, and she's just everything I've always wanted. She's super commercial, great vocalist. So yeah, fantastic. I have two EPs coming out. I have the Zach EP, and I have the Erica EP. I also have my Concrete Jungle album, which is going to be coming out um, closer to the end of the year, as in the, the next one. And for those who don't know, <clears throat> not long ago, you put out your first album, which was called Paper July Town. July 8th. Um, Paper, pa- Town? Paper, Towns, Paper Towns came out, came July out in 8th. July, not that long ago. Where, where I was, that's the first time we worked together. I worked on a song. That's also the first time you worked with this girl, Erica. And yes. now you're putting out EPs featuring two of the vocalists. Just From songs. That. Just so each one's going to be four songs with one vocalist. Correct. Yeah. And I know we've already worked. I'm super excited. Yeah, dude, our that. songs are so good. Come on, Zach. You're doing an EP with him? Just I have you? four songs coming out. With wow. Him. Yeah. You're the vocalist? I am the vocalist. Zach is the vocalist. Yeah. Boom. I, wow. I maybe helped write one. For a little bit, but for the most yeah. part, I'm a Could you vocal. guys work together? Boom. This guy, you know, has a beautiful voice. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, me and Zach will jam after when the pod. You, we need to have a jam. That'd be yeah. excellent. Let's have a conversation. <clears throat> if you want to have sing, I'll be honest, I keep songs, telling... I'd love to meet you. I keep telling Shmali... Hold on. I'm I, with it. I want Label to have a rap for someone of your stuff. I keep telling Shmali that he needs <laughs> to put out more music. Like, he needs he needs someone to, 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 to put him on the scene. And he has a beautiful voice, so I really think that if you do one song with him and you direct it, I think Shmoli, that could be I'm your answer. I'm with studio. it. I'm with we'll it. I'm with it. We'll see if we have aligned goals. I'm very busy right now. What do you charge an hour? Oh, for, for recording fees? My, right now, my rate is 65 an hour just for studio work. In terms of productions, it depends on your project and so right. on. It has a range. Got it. Okay. Um, so, okay, and then when can we expect that second album? So the Concrete Jungle album is going to be coming out, hopefully, if I can get it done, before the end of the year. Not this year, the next one. Unreal. Before the beginning, before the end of you 2023. You have three projects you want to put out before the end of this year. No, he said 2023. Before, oh. before the end of 2023. The, the first two oh, EPs oh. are going to be coming out before I travel. Mm. I'm going to be going, I'm um, doing a tour through Europe. When? Um, November. This coming November, you're going to November. Europe? This is news to me. Who, know. who are you going with? My good childhood friend, Ariel Bardea. Ariel Bardea, cool. Bardea. He's, he's excellent. So we're going um, together to, to Europe. We're going to go to like Spain and France and all that stuff. And then <clears throat> uh, about two weeks later, I'm heading off to Israel um, for uh, two weeks. How do you take off all this time when you have so much work? It is, it's, it's cold. I'm, I'm losing my mind. I, I'm, I'm actually losing my mind. Can you work remote? No. Outside, I will not work on vacation ever. So what do you do? Like, how do you just stop production for no, all these? I'm cramming. Right now, I, I, I literally sleep like four hours a night, and I am suffering. Right now, I am suffering. I am totally burnt out. Well, thank you for making time for us in that case. Oh, no, so I was so excited. Um, I, I was, I, I, and I literally WhatsApps and clients and annoying people, but like, not annoying people. I love my clients. I'm saying just like, <laughs> clients and annoying people um, hitting me up and like, I, I'm cramming so I can, first of all, get all the work done before I leave that I owe. And also, I want to make an extra, you know, bunch of money before I go. I was going to ask, uh, are you making good money? <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> By the way, so, 100%. Uh, it's a good question. You know, because you're I, in a space that I, not I'll a lot tell of people you are in. I'm asking for a reason, but answer the question first. I don't know what good money means. Yes. Okay. Um, but, but I have bad spending habits, so I don't, yeah. That's okay. That's lifestyle inflation. No, I'm asking because from what Zach tells me, um, Zach tells me obviously that you're super talented and you're clearly working with all these people. Um, Are you one of the more in-demand music producers right now? Um, In terms of music production, not where I want to be yet. In terms of video production, yeah, gratefully. I have have people waiting. Okay, just make sure sure you're charging well. 
I'm serious. Oh yeah, I'm expensive. Okay, you're good. not producing for like big names yet. Not yet. Not really. But not you're yet. you're you're filming the music video. Actually, for big I don't names. know if I could talk about this yet, but I am currently doing a production for one big name. Is you're producing music for him. for like one of the top three Jewish wow. Jewish artists. So that's that's big for you because that's 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 new. It is, it is that's big. new. Is Dang. Big. When's that happening? I don't know when it'll come out, but the track's so good. Yeah, it's very very good. So again, you have the there's the video production, the filming, and the music production. Correct. Also, there's photography and graphic design on on the side of that. Um, Do you find that there's something that you can any project you work on? Because again, someone can hire you, and it's completely their vision, sort of. But like, have you ever had kind of had to work on something, and you're just like, God, I hate the choices yes. this person's making. I yes, don't like the song. Yes. But like, so I have a without uh, using names, of course. But <laughs> I one, have a, yeah. sorry, what? One last question. Do you ever not last question? I'm probably mm-hmm. gonna ask you more, but. Um, do you ever have a music production that you just hate the song and like you're like and you'll do it anyways? So no. Yes, I know. So largely before I agree to any production, I listen to their demo and if it's not for me, I'm like not a bad song, not I'm not the right producer. And when I'm feeling nice, I'll recommend them to someone who I think might fit. I think it would be such a disservice to myself to produce music I didn't like. But once I am doing a song I like, sometimes the vision for where it should go is not aligned where I think it should go. And because I am God, I know better. So, <laughs> so I have this I have this very hard problem. So what I have now is a intense revision policy where I'm happy to, at the end of the day, you're paying me like a good barber. It's your head I'm cutting. So if you want to look a certain way, I'll do it. But I will give you my professional opinion first. And secondly, I don't go back and forth. Jews have this thing where like you send them a, a bounce or like a version of the project and they send it to their, their sister-in-law's niece, who's a graphic designer, <laughs> and she shows it to her dog's nephew, and it's like, stop. And they give me revisions that they don't even understand, because they're saying words that I know they don't know what they mean. And so I have a policy. First of all, you could show my stuff to one person, not more. Second of all, a revision is every time I need to open the software. You can give me a lot of edits, but if I have to sit there, this becomes a drag. Um, I just charge them hourly, honestly, which I enjoy also. Right, I can imagine you enjoy doing that. Yeah. Um, wow, so... You'll put out something though that. Oh, oh, my name only goes on the gold standard stuff. Oh, a oh, ton of work out there that I did that people don't know I did. Oh, because, so much. Because if you don't love something and you don't 90%. want to put your name on it, I am that. now so curious. Yeah. We're oh, going to talk after the pod. I dude, know. when you scroll through WhatsApp and you see like this random Esrig company that's giving like um, um, Shabbos candle lighting times, like I probably made it. You what know do you what mean, mean that you made it? So confused. I, I do a ton of graphics that I do. You do not... graphic design as well? Yes. What don't you do? <laughs> No, are you a real estate broker also? Like, I'm I trying to understand. I wish. I'm very creative minded. I'm not financially minded for now. Why um, would you do gra- You do graphic design currently? Yeah. He's like in demand graphic design. Graphic design is my, my so highest. So it's film, graphic job. design, and. Music production, yeah. Wow. Those things are all interrelated? Yeah, sure. People want a guy who could do audio and visual because they. they album they, covers. They, it means that. Oh, the album covers. It means he's Got filming it. the music videos for his, his, his songs, he right. produced the songs. He wrote the songs, and the album cover art is his graphic design. Got it. Right. So you could do any graphic design I want done. In theory, I could call you, and you would be able to do it? Yes. Got yes, it. I can. Okay, I'm just trying to understand. <laughs> he's like looking at you. He's like, we can change this right now if you want. No, I'm, I'm happy we, to we, do we, that. We, have, we all need a photo shoot. <laughs> we I do. think I could give you a really good photo. I, you want to see my photos? I'll show you them after. I'm sure they're great. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, totally. I didn't realize you do the graphic design also. Wow, that's <laughs> fascinating. I'm is not bringing on no slouches onto your I'm butt. curious what other components there are to this that maybe you also do. Well, I have a keen sense for fashion, but it's expensive to get into and very competitive, and there's not a demand for it in the Jewish world where most of my money comes from. And so I don't bother doing that. When you say fashion, you mean 
Uh, sewing garments. Sewing garments. I do know how to sew. I'm not um, a, a god of any such imagination, and I don't have a sewing machine, so my stitches are, you know, all done by hand. But I do, like, hem a lot of my garments, or I, I tend to buy things oversized because I can shape them to my body. And, like, um, that's crazy. Things like that. I do yeah. like fashion. Do you, when you say you like fashion, do you have, I assume you have a creative uh, mind for fashion. I, in a sense I like where, cars too. And, I, and he's like making cars. In the sense where, everything want, he likes, he just where does. Where you want to, yeah. Uh, like you have an eye for fashion that there are things you want to create that don't exist yet. Yeah. Like, fashion is not style. That is a different thing. I, I, I don't, I don't think I'm particularly good at putting outfits together. Obviously, I have like, you know, like that gay perk, but like fashion itself <laughs> is couture. It's not streetwear. It is, it is something different. It is designs that other designers um, get inspiration from. So you ever, I don't know if you ever watched like a famous designer's fashion show. The stuff they're wearing mostly to an average eye looks like garbage. Right. right? Like what the why is she yes. holding a head? Right. Like, you know, <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? <laughs> that was great. It's, it's like like Gucci or whatever. They have these these fashion shows. Christian Dior. So that's what. So what's your take on that? Explain. But but that is for essentially the, the, these designers come up with these out of the box designs and then they host runways where representatives from every actual streetwear company are there and and they can first of all patent things license things buy things get inspired from concepts meaning the fashion you wear um you know let's say that ruffle on your shirt that might have been adapted um you know from layers and layers of someone's kind of crazy design. You know, so they said that's how fashion. It's very similar actually. to how car company. I used to be very into cars. Car companies will put out. There are car shows, there are auto shows, and they will put out a crazy concept car. All exactly. all brands do this, especially the supercar brands. And the cars like the most futuristic, crazy thing. You're like, they'll never make this, and it's like, no, it's they conceptual. won't. But that wheel design and that thing and that thing, it does end up in cars. Exactly. That's so interesting. Um. Wow. Okay. okay. Well, we're going to have you stop talking because if you keep saying things you're good at. Yeah, like, well, me, I'll be here for hours. <laughs> yeah, no, um, yeah, we could keep on going, but I, I, I think. But Rob, yeah, but knowing how busy of a man you are, like, really appreciate you coming on. It's a pleasure. Making time. It's really a pleasure. And by uh, the way, Rob is an actual we're fan we're of the podcast. definitely having you on again. Just oh, yeah. I would oh, yeah. love to. <laughs> definitely. And it's a pleasure. No, you know those things like Rogan has, like, I'm Rogan, but aside from that, he <laughs> aside from that, he has certain guests. I like yeah, Joe Diaz yeah, like four times, or five yeah. times. So I'm just saying, Rogan yeah. loves, um, he loves Mark Norman, Shane yeah. and Andrew Schultz. You know what I mean? Yeah, there yeah. are certain people that have made multiple. But, Peterson's been on there a bunch of times. But you're dope. This has been dope. Yeah. Um, thank you. Yeah, really pleasure. Thank you so um, much. Okay, thank you, Rafi. Really, see you guys uh, next episode number twenty-five. See you next. Oh yeah. All right, peace. Peace and love.